everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> Hi there, horror fans. This is your favorite, uh, second favorite podcaster, Max. The online networking app that we were using to record the podcast sucked. So we scrapped it in favor of our old recording style. But the problem is we scrapped it partway into the Dr. Sleep podcast. And we're either too inept or too lazy to go back and re-record the beginning. So just know, the podcast starts out with us discussing Ewan McGregor, and it is Dr. Sleep. Please enjoy. Um, we were talking about Ewan McGregor. Oh. Ewan McGregley. Ewan oh McGregor. <laughs> yes, so as I was saying before Shit everything, <laughs> um, he was in a movie called Ghost Rider. Uh, I don't know how many people have seen that. It's not something I would have picked to watch, um, but it was pretty good. It's one of his maybe lesser known films. Um, um, it's not really who, horror. Who else was in it? Pierce Brosnan. Um, Pierce Brosnan and uh, oh, hang on, let me see. I, I never remember her name. She's a really famous British actress. Naomi Watts. Natalie Portman. No. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Wait, Natalie Portman's English? I thought so. Really? N- never mind. You might be right. I might have been thinking of Keira Knightley. Uh, she's something, I think. <laughs> she's British. Um, Olivia Williams. Oh. She was in my favorite documentary, the Krakatoa documentary by oh. the BBC. Yeah, she was in it too. Um, uh, Jim Belushi was in it, believe it or not. Wow. It's weird. Um, oh, John Bernthal was in it, oh. although I don't remember who he was. Oh, I think he was like his agent or something. Interesting. But he gets hired as a ghostwriter to write Pierce Brosnan's uh, uh, memoirs. His autobiography? Yeah. Auto-yo-biography. too. Uh, that's about it anyway um so yeah check out ghost rider it's not really a horror movie unless you think politics are horror which they are yeah Mm. but it was good good um so yes i was just gonna say that ewan mcgregor was also in big fish which was a really really good movie i i cried at the end of that movie i I I bawled my eyes out it was a very sad movie yeah it's so sweet and touching I, I also cried at the end of the notebook too, so um, I've seen that. I've 
cried during Big Fish and during Moulin Rouge, which also had Ewan McGregor in it. And just last <laughs> night during Encanto. Yeah. You cried during... I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> it's it's actually very cute. I highly recommend. Good. I don't know. Onward is still my favorite Disney movie so far. Our children won't watch Encanto, which is kind of annoying because like, I want to watch it again. So. But. Tell them to watch Ghost Rider the Kid Show. <laughs> or Ghost Rider with Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, um, I think that's why I was so confused whenever you said about Ghost Rider for... Because um, I thought you said Ghost Rider, not Ghost Rider. Uh, yeah, Rider. I don't know what it says about either of these actors that I think that they could each play each other if given the chance, Ewan McGregor and Nicolas Cage. Like, I think that Ewan McGregor comes across, at least to me, as being, like, a cool and, like, reserved and kind of, like, polite, like, in most of his, his interactions with people that I've seen. And <laughs> Nick Cage is just totally, like, unpredictable. Insane. <laughs> Could you see Nick Cage being uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, hello <No>. there. <laughs> <laughs> He would not make a good Jedi. <laughs> anyone want a drink? I'm having one. Does anyone want to start a rebellion? I'm, I'm starting one. Uh, uh, well, I want to see that movie now. <laughs> I kind of do, too. Uh, but see, now, if Owen McGregor played him in um, uh, The Color Out of Space, I don't think it would have been as good. I don't no. know. Ewan McGregor's got some weird, creepy undertones when he wants to. Oh, he does, especially when you CG his face to look all fucked up. Yeah, well, that helps, for sure. And we'll get to that. We will. But who else was in this movie, Max? <laughs> we have Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat, whom I hated. Mm, Rose the um, Hat. I, I don't hate Rebecca Ferguson, I guess. I was attracted to Rose the Hat for some reason. <laughs> because you were told to be at the beginning of the movie. Well, she's very pretty. Um, she has a very uh, like strong feminine look about her. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, no... if like if you want to fawn over her and her like incredible prowess, watch um, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. I want to say it was um, uh, Rogue Nation and Fallout. Yeah, uh, the first one that she was in. The second one was okay, but the first one, like, she is just ridiculously charismatic that entire movie. Like, every scene that she's in, like, she's the focus, whether she's supposed to be or not. Um, well, she's really pretty. Uh, well, yes. But, like, specifically her character. I don't know. Oh, I was not attracted to her character. No, I, we'll, we'll get to this. I hate this. I've discussed this with Victor over and over again. Like, there is some person or creature with power and they treat human beings like like they're vermin you know like they're so cool and what they do there's nothing wrong with it because no matter what they do they can't be wrong and like i hate that like bad people who don't have a sense of humility you know that they are they can be vulnerable that they and like when their friends are taken out, like, they're like, no, I can't believe you did that. Like, it's <laughs> bullshit. You know what you do. Like, you are murdering people and stealing souls. And then when one of your little bitch Spoiler friends gets alert. killed, <laughs> like, you have such a problem with it. Like, that is such horse shit and I'm tired of it. Or is it hat shit? It's hat shit in this case. 
Um, yes, I, anyway. I do know where you're coming from. Um, <laughs> so spoilers going forward. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that should just... Do we really... Like, we should just tag that or put that into our tagline at the beginning or, or like our intro like hey if you don't like spoilers watch the movie and then listen to our podcast because we will talk about it and every other movie that's ever been made probably at some point Kevin Spacey is kind of there <laughs> yes anyway um, who is Stephen King in this movie by the way I don't remember seeing I him. didn't spot him I saw him I in the credits but I didn't spot him anywhere He's listed as a cast. He's always in his movies, like, yeah. briefly, but I don't know who he was in, in this one. He played the train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Kylie Curran. Curran? Curran? Kylie Curran. As Abra Stone. Carl Lumbly as Dick Halloran. I brought his page up. What else have I seen him in? I don't remember who that is. He was the doctor? Or was he? No, he was um, his. He was uh, his imaginary friend who was actually a ghost because he was oh, real oh, oh. in the first oh. movie. Was he? Um, I. It's been so long since I've seen the original Shining. Was he in the original Shining? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Uh, well, I. I don't know if. Let me see. Now I gotta know. Does anybody know what year that came out? Uh, 1987. 19... Oh, I was going to say 1978. So I transposed the, the numbers. The book came out in the late 70s, I think. Oh, oh he was in A Cure for Wellness. Huh. I wonder if he was one of the orderlies or something. I don't remember that. What am I looking for? The Shining? No, he was one of the people that was up front that he talked to when he first got there. Yeah, I think so. Like yeah. one of the oldsters playing dominoes or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. By the way, Far Cry 6 has a domino game in it that you can play. I was like, well, this is stupid. Like, I don't want to play dominoes. And then I was playing it and I'm like, fucking dominoes. I got to win now. <laughs> Me, every time there's like a challenge like that in a mini game. Oh, God. That's like... <laughs> Fucking Sabak in um, Knights of the Old Republic. I was like, this is fucking stupid. And then you collect cards as you're playing through the world and your deck gets better. And then like, I was like, fucking God damn it. <laughs> Selling cards and buying stuff and spending most of my money on fucking cards that I use to play 2% of that game. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, so listen, uh, Scatman Carruthers was Dick Halloran in The Shining. Uh, okay. So it's the same character, because he was murdered in The Shining, in right, case you right. don't know. He gets um, axed in the back. He does get axed. Uh, next we have Jacob Tremblay from uh, Before I Wake. Yes. And I was like, oh, it's super cool that he's in this movie. And then I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't go well for him. No, it, that, like, fuck, like, they kidnap kids, too. Like, they're going to pretend they don't think that's wrong. Like, fucking assholes. Jeez. Anyway, uh, I, I picked up Robert Longstreet here because what else have I seen him in? Oh, who, Midnight Mass. Who did he play? Uh, um, Mm-hmm. He played Barry the something because it's cut off here. Uh, oh yeah, um, 
uh, he was basically Jacob Tremblay's kidnapper for the most part. Yeah, but he plays the um, the spoilers for Midnight Mass. He plays the guy who um, accidentally shot the little girl in Midnight Mass. That's right, and he was he the... was the groundskeeper in Haunting of Hill House, I think. He mm-hmm. sure was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, mostly uh, Henry... Mike Flanagan stuff. Mostly Mike. Flanagan. Yeah, Henry Thomas was in it. He was Lloyd the bartender. So I actually, real quick, have a really fun um, tidbit about this. Uh, I was reading a, an interview with Mike Flanagan again about Doctor Sleep. And he said that Mike Flanagan approached him or Mike Flanagan said that he approached Henry Thomas and was like, hey, I'm going to do this. And he asked him to be um, Jack Nicholson's character from The Shining. And he was like, well, I guess if you're going to try and go up against like the legend that is Stanley Kubrick, I I'll go up against Jack Nicholson. And if we're going to go down, then I'll go down with you. So (laughs) it just was really funny. Like (laughs) it seems like they're just really good friends. Like (laughs) everybody needs friends like that. Well, sure. Maybe we have friends like that. Just saying. Uh, Well, yeah, you probably do. Um, Bruce Greenwood was in it. He was Dr. John something, because Google was freaking cutting this off. I don't get it. Like, if the names are really long, they get cut off. <laughs> he was Dr. John. He was the therapist slash town physician. <laughs> I know him best from the movie Below. He was also in Gerald's Game, which I think yes. is also a Stephen King thing. It is. And it is also a Mike Flanagan thing. Oh, um, lordy. And he was also, uh, I don't remember his actual name, but he was a commander of a starship enterprise. In um, Oh, he was a Commander Pike, or Admiral Pike, wasn't he? I think so, but yeah, something he was like one that. of, uh, something in the uh, original Star Trek reboot movie. Yeah. But yeah, very nice actor. I like I like him in pretty much everything I see him in. Even yeah. Below. Oh, he was in The Post as well. <laughs> the Post. He was like the secretary of the White House or something. Um, and uh, Meryl Streep was all pissed off at him for hiding stuff about the um, the Vietnam War. Hmm. No idea what you're talking about. It's a super boring movie about a newspaper nobody reads. <laughs> I wrote a short story while you were talking just then. Um, <laughs> about a newspaper machine that tells you about... You're deaf, and then it kills you. Um, <laughs> printing machine, that I guess. That sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> Probably a movie somewhere. It's basically um, the ring. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what about his friend? Um, Jack Torrance's friend. Um, I can't. I don't know the actor's name, but I've seen him in a lot of stuff. I just can't place anything off the top of my head because he's like he's in just about everything. I don't Billy. think Jack had friends. Yeah, he... We had Billy. Friend. The guy that took him in whenever he first moved into town. Danny. Danny. That's the one, not Torrance. Jack's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack Torrance had no friends. Uh, no, Danny uh, Torrance did. Well, actually, Jack Torrance had a great friend um, who fed him booze and told him to murder people. 
Well, yes. But yes, Danny. Sorry, Danny's friend, not Jack. Danny's friend. Because everyone called him Dan. And I, I, I don't know. I got weird. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So. What was he in? Billy. The the actor that played Billy. What was he in? What? I God damn it, Max. Who's... You have oh, one um, job. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The BFF. Dr. Sleepy. I know, I'm getting... I got rid of all my pages because I was like, we're moving the fuck on, but we're not, so... Um, hang well, on. if you would have listened yeah. the first six times that Vic asked you. <laughs> I did call him by the wrong name. I called him Jack's <laughs> friend. So. Okay, uh, Billy Freeman was played by Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis? That sounds Cliff like Curtis. a really strong name. Like... <clears throat> It does. Uh, Cliff Curtis. He was ooh, a lot of stuff. He was in Collateral Damage. Hmm? Oh, I think I wasn't he the terrorist in that movie. He might have been. I think he was. <laughs> uh, he was in Fear the Walking Dead, Ten Thousand BC, Reminiscence, uh, Sunshine. Live Free or Die Hard, Avatar 2, which I didn't know That's there was a second right. one. Uh, I did know that he was uh, in Sunshine. Blow. He plays the captain of the second ship. Oh, I think he was um, Johnny Depp's, like, druggy partner in Blow, if I remember mm-hmm. right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, 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 bringing out the dead with Nicolas Cage. Oh, my. <laughs> That's yeah, some other stuff. But. All right, are we done? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Bloop. All so, right, so our movie starts yeah. off, and um, there's the sweet little actress girl from uh, Haunting of Hill House who plays young Nellie. That's not how it starts. And yeah, it is. Are you sure? I thought it started with Danny riding around the halls of the Overlook Hotel. Hmm. Nope, it goes to them after. Oh, okay. It starts with her, and she's with her mom at, like, a campground. And she goes, like, trip-trotting down a trail, looking for flowers. And she spies Rose the Hat, who's sitting next to the river and singing. That's a dumb name. Um... I like it. Okay. Just real quick, I have to go on a super quick tangent. There's a really hilarious show that I love called um I can't remember it now. It doesn't matter. The um, Unusuals? No. It's a it's a um it's a podcast actually. It's called Hounds of Horror. No. Um it's it's got uh, Demetri Martin and um oh my god, not Demetri Martin. What the fuck am I talking about? Um Carl Pilkington and uh, the comedian, British comedian, Ricky Gervais, um, and another actor I can't think of at the moment. But they basically just have this ridiculous podcast where they talk about like the most weird things, and it's hilarious. And this Carl Pilkington guy who's on the show is like a, a ordinary person that they have on there because he's just kind of a ridiculous amalgam of like every person you've ever met. Um, but he was like, yeah, my, my dad's friend, Jimmy the Hat. And they're like, why do they call him Jimmy the Hat? And he's like, because he never wore a hat. 
Rose the Hat does wear a hat. Yeah. So. She does. But by extension, if that's how we're naming ourselves, like, I have a dragon <laughs> tattoo. You can call me Max the Dragon. Why wouldn't you? I mean, it's the same thing. There's Vic Plaid. <laughs> God damn it. Vic basketball shorts. <laughs> uh. Okay. Be thinking about it. At the end of this, we have to give us all Rose the Hat type nicknames at the end. Max the Dragon. Are... No, you have to pick something else. Um... Max with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> because every single person in Barry the Chunk was um, what they called Barry, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I see it here. Yeah, Barry the um, Chunk. But... Uh, yeah, so we have to we have to give ourselves. Although Grandpa Flick didn't have anything like that. Like it was like uh what's his face the crow and um what's her face the snake. Snake bite Andy. Snake um, bite Andy. Yeah, that's right. She wasn't Andy the snake. Um so there were a couple that were like well, how do you know his name wasn't something other than Flick and they just called him that and that was his nickname? Maybe he flicked boogers at people. Flick is the name of an ant. Well, from but it's not the like <laughs> It's not like Rose the Hat. It's Grandpa Flick. Like, but there were a couple others that were like right. the chunk, the crow, like anyway. Okay, that's what you're saying. Um <laughs> Oh, did you talk about the guy who played Grandpa Flick playing Lurch? I don't remember no, that conversation. Um, he played Lurch in the nineties uh Adams family movies. With Raul really? and Juliet. Yeah. Yep. Huh. I uh Vic and I actually had this conversation about it. Uh we thought that he died. We thought that he was unalived at some point. Hmm. Well, yes, but <clears throat> I thought that a long time ago. And then I saw him in Gerald's Game, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a horror movie that I would go out of my way to watch, just because it's not really my kind of thing. Um, but it was worth watching at least once. Like, it was it was interesting, and I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, he's in that, and I was like, holy shit, that's Lurch. <laughs> but I thought that he was dead before I saw him in this movie, and then because in my brain he had already died, I just assumed it wasn't the same guy. And then... I was doing my normal obsessive Googling about the movie that we watched. And I was like, holy fuck. I was super excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway. Sorry. That guy's got a huge dumb. Yeah. He's got, he's just a, a huge dude. He is. Like, enormous. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, so sorry. The little girl mm-hmm. sees Rose the Hat and, um, Rose the Hat does some magic tricks, and she's like, and you're magic too, aren't you, Violet? Don't worry about my creepy friends standing in the woods. They're super nice. JK, they're actually not. And then it kind of pans away as they're, like, all starting to descend upon her. Uh And then we go to Danny as a child, vroom-vrooming around the Stanley Hotel. And <laughs> that's what the name of the actual hotel mm-hmm. is. <laughs> Slightly less intimidating. But also, like, super lucky for them that they just happen to be camping at the same spot as this girl. 
and also that she left her mom, and also that she went right to the place that Rose was, and also that they were all able to sneak up on her and no one noticed this. Yeah. Like, super lucky, considering how much effort they put in later on for kidnappings. This is, like, really fucking sloppy. On a whole ass trail. But it was the 80s, so... Don't ever say ass trail again. (laughs) (laughs) Then it goes over to Danny on his little trike. Torrance. And Danny Torrance. And, um... (laughs) I I imagine Ewan McGregor as adult Danny walking around talking to people with his finger. (laughs) This is Torrance. Um, And he's having... A nightmare after they've left the the hotel. Which is reasonable. And his dad died. And all of that shit. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen The Shining. <laughs> Don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't seen The Shining. Probably should go check it out. Uh, super good. Highly recommend. Anyway. Um, I actually... Just another little tangent. I actually prefer the 90s miniseries of The Shining over the 80s Stanley Kubrick version. Never seen it. The miniseries is a million times better. Anyway. Oh, a million times. That's a lot. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> uh, he's having a nightmare, and he's been having these nightmares, apparently, and he's not talking to anybody. He's being, like, just... I don't know. He's being a traumatized little boy. I guess. Stop I guess being an asshole. Oh my God. Um, He's like seven. <laughs> He's being such a little punk about it. Like, oh my God. And what's his face from the hotel shows up? Tony. Right? Is that... That was his name? That was what? Her, that was... Was his name Tony? I think so. You're asking me? Yeah. <laughs> What? I'm asking both of you. Was his name Tony, the guy from the hotel, the black guy? No, that was um, Halloran. Dick Halloran. What was his name in the movie, though? Dick Halloran. But he called him Tony. I don't think so. I don't remember now. I literally don't remember. Um. (laughs) What did he call... um, Dan. He called him Captain or something? What did he call him? Oh. He had like a name for him, like a, a nickname for him. He called him like it wasn't Chief, it was like Captain or something like that. Hmm. Doc. I don't know. He called him Doc. Doc. Yeah. Um and he's like Hey, here's this little trick to get those ghosties to stop bothering you and he gives him like a little music box essentially he invented pokemon basically yes and he is like and someday you're gonna help out some other kid who hears voices and sees shit that they shouldn't and he was like (laughs) not gonna happen and then he left and while he's having that conversation with him at the park it like panned out and there was a missing flyer for Violet so again weird convenience that this missing little girl goes missing in the same spot where Danny Torrance and his mother live (laughs) but um, but I guess somehow he stayed off their radar by not ever doing anything or talking to anyone so I guess it was like 
for the best that he didn't use his shine. Um, and he also, he went home with his mom and he, he had been seeing this ghost in the bathtub, the one from The Shining. And he is sitting there watching cartoons with his mom. And his mom, by the way, was played by another Mike Flanagan favorite. Um, she played, uh... The mother of the lesbian lady in Midnight Mass. And she played Charlotte in um, Haunting of Bly Manor. Charlotte. The mother. The mother of the, the of Miles and Flora. She's in that show for like a, an entire two minutes. It's more like ten, but... Okay, but she did a great job. I yeah. really, really appreciated the recreations that they did for those sets and those actors because they did yeah. a really great job. And um, so he goes, he's like, he like gets up and walks away and goes to the bathroom where he's been seeing the bathtub lady from the hotel. Gotta catch them all. And <laughs> throws his pokeball at her and she screams and then he comes back out of the bathroom and comes and sits down with his mom and actually starts talking again. Mm-hmm. And then we have a jump forward to him getting the shit beat out of him in a bar. Yeah, it like <laughs> it jumped pretty friggin' far. Um, but yeah, he's going to town on it's some like dude. Thirty years later, or some shit. And, yeah. Um. <clears throat> then he wakes up the next morning in an apartment. I just want to say real quick, again, you should never take our advice about anything, but hitting some with a, someone with a pool ball is a really dangerous affair because if you're off and you hit them with like one of your knuckles or your fingers that are wrapped around that pool ball, you are now smashing a really hard object into somebody's face with your finger in between that hard object and their face. And that's going to be really, really painful. So like, don't, you know, do it at all, but... You know, if you, if you got to do it, have good aim because that that's gonna hurt a lot. Um, so he wakes up in this hotel, or not hotel apartment, with this woman, hmm. um, who has aspirated all over herself, and he doesn't think to check and see if she's okay. Apparently, um, and we very quickly learn that he is. 100% an alcoholic and like moving into the territory of drug addict. Yeah. Yes. And it seems very quickly we're able to piece together that he's like many other movies and, and media. He's using alcohol to like dampen his powers so that he doesn't have to deal with the world. And in doing so is being a horrible person. Yeah. Like he goes to steal money from her wallet and, um, his imaginary friend pops up and he's like, you're not really going to take her money. Like you don't need all of it. He like tries to encourage him to leave some of it behind. Yeah. And then he sees this woman's child, adorable little child. Um, <clears throat> and that's when he puts the money back. So he hasn't lost all of his humanity. He didn't put the money back. He used I it for he... a bus ticket. He oh. said she was going to use this to buy cocaine anyway. I thought after and he then, saw the little girl, he put either all or most of it back. I don't think he did. Uh, okay, well then, um, I guess I'm wrong. 
And on that note, he also picked up the child, put it in bed with his or her mother. I I thought it was a girl in the beginning, and then later I thought that it was a boy, but I couldn't tell. Um, and <laughs> puts it puts the the baby in bed with its mother and gives it a bag of chips. And it's like a toddler, like old enough that it can eat chips, but doesn't try to wake the mother up or anything and just leaves them there and hops on a bus and goes to New Hampshire. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. I don't know what drove him to pick that, but I guess in this movie, The Shining is like the force. So it's just going to explain everything. Mm, Yes. (laughs) Um, and whenever he gets there, he sees there, they have like this tiny model town. Yeah. Like recreation of their town that started out as like a project for the library and just grew into a whole ass thing. I cannot express how fast I would put on something resembling a Godzilla costume and destroy that town. (laughs) Like it would be instant, immediate. Um, and that's where he meets Billy. Billy is kind of in charge of everything at the the tiny town. And <laughs> he's like, hey, you look like I did a while ago. I'm gonna help you out. And takes him to this woman who has a room that she apparently rents out to vagrants. And... <laughs> Specifically to Billy's strays, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently none of them really stick around that long, but um, Billy takes him to an alcoholic anon- Alcoholics Anonymous meeting because uh, Danny comes downstairs to where Billy stays and is like, hey, uh, I suck. And <laughs> so <laughs> Billy takes him to the Al-Anon meeting and he meets the doctor there. But before that, doesn't he have a vision of the woman whose apartment he left saying that look basically that she was dead and that no mm, one understood yep. that her daughter was crying because or they they were so used to her crying that no one's paying attention because she would let her cry all the time anyway i thought so, that she just said no one's found us yet and both of them were dead oh i think she said no one's found us yet they're too used to they're so used to her crying or something like that. I know she yeah, said something about that. Yeah, because she left him alone all the time anyway, yeah. um, which is just awful. Yeah, yeah, that whole scene is awful. And nothing else is done about it. That's it. It's yep, nope. Poof. I was going to skip over it because it was one of those things in a horror movie where like, I was just like, this doesn't add anything for me. I'm just mad. And yeah. It's what made him. To be here. It's what made him get sober. Like, well, it's yes. It's what made him, like, it's a driving force for him. I just kind of, like, it would have been a nice character moment for him to have at least called, like, an anonymous tip. Like, it, Yeah, something. Why have that scene in the movie if you're not going to spend just a few seconds if more... you're not going to resolve it. I mean, I understand why they had it. I just feel like it could have kind of helped his arc and, like, helped his upward trajectory if there would have just been a second of him calling an anonymous tip to the, you know, police or something, but... Nope. Um, so that's what makes him go and talk to Billy and Billy's like, Hey, let's go to this meeting. And then he meets the doctor and he like pulls a parlor trick basically. And is like, Hey doc, your, uh, your watch is next to where you were washing your hands at work. Like <laughs> <laughs> the kid with the disease you were concerned about him is Gucci's Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the doctor finds his watch and he's like, 
hey, when I'm not being a doctor and not running the Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, I also run a hospice and we need help over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, weird guy who knew something very intimate about my life. You want to go work with other people? <laughs> you want to yeah. go work with dying people? Um, They're losing stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's like, oh, man, I love dying people. I'm totally cool with it. And so he takes him to the hospice center. I don't know if it was a hospice center or if it was like an old folks home, but he said that they needed a hospice worker, I think. I feel Um, like old folks home is a a slightly offensive term. Am I wrong on that? I I think so. You think I'm wrong? I mean, young people don't go to places like that. That's not true. Actually, hmm. there there's a home out here that a, a nursing home out here, but it's also a rehabilitation center. Um, and one of my friends who got into a really serious car accident did his rehab there. What and I'm he was saying like is 17. You don't send young people to an old folks home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they might have a um, different home to go to for things like that, but they don't go to an old folks home. <laughs> Um, so anyway. Why don't they have young folks' homes? <laughs> they do, apparently. They do. <laughs> oh, right. We saw that in La Llorona. And also just now. And also in, uh, Before I Wake. Yes. <laughs> um, so, he gets there and he's like, hold on. He gets to the nursing home or hospice center or whatever he's at, and there's he's like on his first night on the job, and some cat lives there, and um, went to go into a residence room, and Danny was like, uh, no, no, you, you can't, nope, and then all of a sudden he's in the room too, along with the cat, and the cat's laying at the foot of the bed, and the old man who's in the bed goes... Well, guess that's it. That cat only sits on people who are going to die. So. <laughs> uh, so the cat was magical as well, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, something. But, I mean, cats can scare away the mummy, so they got something going on. That's true. So, and that's actually something that I've heard of a couple of times. There was an episode of House that was based off of a, a weird anecdotal story um but it's apparently people have reported that there are mummies are scared of cats. yeah um <laughs> some people have reported uh that when um anyway um in homes like that there is apparently like there are certain cats that will go and, and sleep with people as they're dying and some people thought that it may be because they have a raisin like a a raising body temperature before they die so like cats are naturally drawn to like warm places to go and sleep and feel comfortable but i don't know uh i mean i don't know it might know. be because they have nine lives so they are more in the veil than maybe other creatures Perhaps. i don't know Perhaps maybe cats really do care about people they just don't know how to show it because they're just such fucking assholes um, um all of our cats love people <laughs> maybe not trinket um but yeah and then so this part was kind of sweet uh like he says do you want me to get a nurse and he says no like i you know i don't i don't i think he says i don't i'm not in any pain 
um, and he just talks to him. And then he starts to kind of like let his shine come out to sort of like help this person, like ease them into their passing. But he starts talking to them telepathically, which I don't necessarily understand. So they were trying to say that this guy, this person who was in the bed, who was passing, like, did he have a little bit of shine? Is that what was going on there? That's kind of what it seemed. I don't know. Because I got the impression you couldn't just talk to a normal person. But then again, later on, things do happen to normal people, too. So I don't really know if he can just do that to people or if they have to have the shining. I mean, I've only, like, the steam only really seemed to come out of people who had the shine. I guess, but, I mean, that's the whole point. That's what Rose and the other bunch are doing. Rose and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> um, Rose, Rose the Hatters. Hat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that scene was really sweet and touching because, like, he's... Uh, he's saying, like, you know, close your eyes, like, what do you see, what do you hear? And he talks about, I think, like, his brother Frank and him, or his friend Frank and him are working on a car, and he's like, and the old radio is playing, and Ewan McGregor is actually a pretty good singer. Um, he sang all of his um, own material in Moulin Rouge, I believe. Yes. Um, and he starts singing a song that was playing on the radio, and, like, it was a nice scene. I just, and I'm going to say this multiple times throughout this podcast but i was bothered by the fact that the shining was used like it like the force is used in the star wars universe it's used to explain everything like it it went from being this thing that was an interesting addition to the shining movie but it was just kind of one aspect of this weird extra normal thing that was going on like it wasn't like the shining wasn't the focus of the movie and it wasn't you know attached to the the overlook hotel it was just one thing that was happening, and it was just random that um, Danny had this ability, and also the groundskeeper there had it. Um, but in this movie, it's like way more than that. Like it's it's not just being able to talk to people; it's not just being able to like see things. It's like being able to move shit and like see the future and like connect with people from a billion miles away. <clears throat> and I think that the thing is, is that everybody kind of has their own set of powers like it's not like not everybody is exactly the same like these people each have a piece of magic but they're not like completely the same i don't know i guess but yeah i just i don't know like maybe maybe i would feel differently if i'd read um the original shining book or the the sequel that he wrote um but yeah just it bothered me a little bit that the shining became this like overarching ridiculous phantasmal power um so somewhere in the midst of all of these scenes that we've just talked about and now um we flash over to a um birthday party that is happening for a small child and she has a magician there who's doing magic and it's because she's like obsessed with magic apparently and um she tells the magician that she can like do the tricks that he's doing too and he's like yeah great little girl okay and like is like super rude to her even though it's her birthday and her parents go inside to put the cake away and like the party's over and stuff and they go in and like (laughs) The thing that she told the magician that she could do was hang a spoon 
from her nose like he could. And they go into the kitchen and all of their spoons are up on the ceiling. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, uh. <laughs> and then she drops them and they're like, okay. And then I guess they never talk about it again. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And they just come up with a, you know, a reasonable explanation. It was just, you know, static electricity that, that built up in the drawers and, and they opened and then they flew to the ceiling. Because, like, they're, later on in the movie, she says about not wanting to tell her parents because she doesn't want them to look at her differently. But, like, bitch, you stuck spoons to the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. Um, so, <laughs> then it fast forwards... Fasts forward eight years to uh, Danny. Well, real quick. <laughs> He's <Jesus>. very angry. <laughs> Casper's having a dream right now. and he, oh, oh, what? I heard my dream. Um, <laughs> I think he was eating something. He was licking his lips now. Um, <laughs> he was like baring his teeth like he was going to kill something. <laughs> um, as Danny goes back to his room... Um, there's a chalkboard on the wall, it doesn't matter. And they gave exposition um, for it. They, whatever, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, he goes back in the room and there's, in chalk, it's written just the words hi and a smiley face. So he writes it's back. Hello. So he writes back, hello. No, it was hello because she gave her mom a note that had oh. hello written on and it. And he writes hi back. And he writes hi back. Whatever. Because they the whole thing is that they show it and it's like, oh my god, that's the little girl's writing. Um, so he gets a, a super long distance shining pen pal that talks to him through a blackboard, even though they can communicate telepathically instantly. For eight um, years. So I don't <laughs> know how she just doesn't do that in the first place. I don't know. Um, anyway... Um, some weird plot holes in this movie. Uh, but I think right around this time, we also see the introduction of Snake, snake Bite Annie. Oh, who yeah. Who is Andy. Um, who is luring men to a theater. Pedophiles. Yes, I was getting to that. Um, it's going to have a little bit of a build up, but it's fine. Um, yes, she's luring pedophiles to a theater and then she uses her power to... to like push thoughts upon them and like tells them to go to sleep and then she cuts their face and programs them that every time they look in the mirror and they see this cut that they're to yell out I like little girls which is fitting and fucking awesome um but I also don't understand how the shining works it's like I said it's it's yeah it's superpowers I Um, don't disagree with what she did at the movie theater <clears throat> uh, but she does just become another link in the world's worst chain. Yes. Yeah. And another uh, little asshole. Rose the Hat and something the Crow, who I, can, I can't remember his actual name. I think, um, uh, they're like um, a couple. Sort of. It's like Rose's life partner and... Crow Daddy. Um, Crow Daddy, yeah. Um, so that's a cool name. And they're part of something called the True Knot, another cool name. I legitimately can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, I'm being totally serious. <laughs> Wait. This is my sarcastic machine. It measures sarcasm. <laughs> well, that's a useful machine. <laughs> um <laughs> so, I love Frank's inventions. 
tired. Um, yes, yeah, so as she's coming out of the I'm theater, they like, they like abduct her, sort of. Um, like Crow Daddy's like walking up to her, and she's like, they Stop, abduct don't her a little me. bit. Um, yeah. like politely abduct her, but like she tells him to stop, and he stops, and then she tells Rose to stop, and she doesn't. Dun dun dun, because for some reason Rose isn't affected by. I don't know. Because her push is stronger, I guess. Ooh, I'm Rose. I'm a um, batch. Is that what she was able to do? Well, because she's able to do all kinds of shit. Yeah, she. I think that she had like multiple abilities. Like, I guess. um. Anyway, she. Uh, yeah, she. She's like, nope, and like knocks her out, and then she comes to, and she's like, hey, so I haven't invited anybody to do this in forty years. Um, you want to be a part of our traveling rock band and they <laughs> feed her some of the the remaining steam which is essentially the pain and anguish that violet felt whenever she was being murdered mm-hmm. and she that's how they become like not immortal but they're much slower to age than if they didn't consume souls okay and to what end just to live for forever to prolong their miserable lives yep that's it apparently apparently to them it wasn't miserable they just lived in a uh, like a caravan and they traveled across the country or the world perhaps the only thing they did was kidnap children and consume their pain and hatred whatever Uh that's it yep Oh, and Rose sat on top of her, on, on top of her stupid Winnebago or whatever, praying to the moon. Yes, with her magic rock. Um, I'm feeling a lot of shade right now, as shade? someone who is in a relationship with the moon, and <laughs> hmm. you're too sticky. You're too sticky. <laughs> um. Do you I ever mean, see that TikTok? No. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this tangent doesn't matter. You're going to have to cut this. But, um, this guy's like, people always say, are you gay or straight? Are you gay or straight? Are you straight or gay? And I always say the same thing. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to have sex with you. You're too sticky. I'm in a relationship with the moon. <laughs> Yes, it's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. So I will try to stop being so negative about the shining superpowers thing because maybe maybe this was always the plan, or maybe I'm just being too bitter. I just feel like it was a little weird. Like I thought the the shining was like a a collective consciousness sort of thing that allowed them allowed these like gifted people to talk to each other and like give them like insight into like the supernatural. But I didn't realize that gave them physical power over other humans um, and that they could use this power then to, to corrupt themselves to make them live forever which I said this to Kitty at one point when we watched the movie I've only seen the movie never read the books um, but there's a movie called Miss Peregrine's Peregrine per- Peregrine Peregrine Grin yeah Peregrine Falcon Miss Peregrine's home for extraordinary children or something like that um, and it's a very similar premise. Like, there's kids who have superpowers, or there's people who have superpowers, and if you get corrupted by, like, this evil side of the superpower thing, then you thing. become 
you become a, like an evil version that feeds on others who have this superpower, and it's like they're it's basically a, like shadow people. Basically. Very similar premise. I just remember Samuel Jackson was in it, um, but like I don't know, it just it felt really similar. Um, and I there might have even been a line about how I don't think it was as much um, a part of the movie as it was in this, but. Um, in that movie, I think there's even a line where they say about how like fear purifies their blood or whatever, so that when they eat them, it makes them taste better or something. And like, just I don't know. There's a lot of similarities there. Um, but anyway, they um, yeah they start searching for people and they start talking about how they're all hungry because this true not group are getting low on steam their steam reserves are running out because they're eating all the steam like the the souls of these magical children are supposed uh, are supposed to go back into the earth essentially and instead Apparently. it's being consumed it's like i don't know yeah i i i surmised that as Maybe. we were watching it but they never really talk about that they never specifically say that like the steam is running out because they're consuming it instead of it naturally going back into the world and filtering back into the population like like water vapor, basically, essentially. Um, so even more reasons why they're a bunch of shit. Yeah, so basically they're slowly eating their own food source to extinction because they're not like letting it go back into... Whatever. Um, so yeah, that... Yep. Yep. So Thanks. she says that she's going to start looking I'm going to go one. buy a stupid fucking top hat and like shoot it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Put a stupid flower uh, in it. So they find a child in Ohio or something. He's really good at baseball. I think it's Iowa because there's not, a lot of corn. Mm, he's not actually good at baseball he uses his shining to be good at baseball to see a fraction of a second into the future which will also make him good at pod racing apparently what? that's is that the exactly same the same reasoning that they used for pod racing for anakin <laughs> being good at pod racing in star wars i 100 i'm telling you the truth i don't want to talk about those movies they suck too <laughs> I don't really remember those movies very well. So, so pod racing and baseball, if you have the force or you have the shining, you'll be good at them. Basically, Apparently. you can cheat. Basically. So Jacob Tremblay's not exactly, you know, innocent himself. On the but up and still up. Didn't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> he was also just a stupid kid, so yeah. I'm not even known that he was doing it. Whatever. I mean that's possible. <laughs> everybody um, knows what they're doing all the time, and that's why everybody should get the death penalty for everything. So I'm on board with that. Thank you. Max so, yeah. for president. Steam. I'm kind of running out of steam. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. You know what's so. not funny? What's not funny is what happened to Jacob Tremblay. No. Well, see, what I was actually going to talk about... No, I'm just kidding. Since I like to stomp all over your segues. Yeah. Like, you just want to smash them all up as I'm trying to just zip around and have a good time. Like, I work for Google or something. Ah, segue jokes. Jacob, the poor case of Jacob Tremblay. The poor case of Cousin to um, Quentin Tremblay from Gravity Falls, <laughs> which is also a great show. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit. These people are just... <laughs> so, these people are assholes. Like, they're 
they think that they have the right to, well, not the right, but, well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, the right. They think that, <laughs> that their extending their lives is more important than... The lives of children. Others, specifically <laughs> children. Because I guess, I guess at one point, maybe they mentioned that, like, the steam gets, like, tainted or something if they allow it to... Age. Yeah, with, with the human that it belongs to. Like, if they don't take it when they're a child or something. Taint. Yeah. Well, I think that a part of the problem is that they've been eating all of these people with steam, and so they have to wait for steam to, like, mature within a child before they can take it. I mean, I guess. Like, or they even know it's there. Because wasn't... One thing that I actually liked about this was that they didn't give everyone their chance to, like, display their powers and, like, be super ridiculous and over the top. Mm-hmm. But, like, was that Crow Daddy's thing? Was that he was able to find people with steam specifically? Because that kind of seemed like Rose's Rose the Hat's thing, too. Um, I think that he was just a really good, like, tracker. Like, he was mm-hmm. able to, like, hunt down leads. He was basically the group's detective. And, like, that was the whole thing of, like, them sitting at the football game. It was... Um, there were these two adults talking about Jacob. Did you just call a football game? Be- it's hockey, uh, clearly. They're using sticks. Baseball game. Um, and there's these two dads giving exposition. He's the best baseball player. That kid never misses. I don't understand how he knows. So they're basically saying that he is magic, but they don't actually know that. They just think <laughs> that he's actually very good at baseball. And, and Qui-Gon Jinn is there telling him that he can see just a split second into the future. Yeah. Because he uses the foot, the shining. <laughs> um, um, and Crow Daddy and Barry the Chunk are sitting behind these baseball dads, like, basically, like, overhearing this conversation. They're like, oh, that means he's magical. And then... <sighs> Boy, we sat at the perfect seats for to hear that exposition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Kidnapping should be a federal crime. Oh, wait, it is. Uh, <laughs> and also, I don't understand. Like, they're running out of steam, and yet they're inducting new members into their society. Well, the last time that they had done that was with Snakebite Annie. And that was eight years before they went to abduct Jacob. And then... 40 years before that was the last time that Rose the Hat had asked anybody to join them. So, Hmm. like, it's not like they're doing it constantly. It's, like, every 50 years or so, like, 40 to 50 years. So, and it's only whenever they find somebody that they think could be really useful. Mm -hmm. Um, Like spoonwashing Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't forget, we got to come up with our nicknames yeah. tonight. Um, but, because <laughs> they said about Snake by Annie, they were like, yeah, like, Andy. Annie? Andy. 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 They were like, I haven't seen a pusher like that in, like since so-and-so or whatever. So it kind of made it seem like the last person who had her ability died a long time ago. And they Good. needed somebody new. But, yeah, so, <laughs> anyway, they uh, pull up alongside Jacob Tremblay while he's walking home because for some reason his parents are fine with letting him walk by himself down 17 miles of land in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and I mean, Max and I have talked about this. We grew up in farm country and, like, it isn't really something that you do. Like, it has nothing to do with 
trusting your neighbors or anything like that. It's just like the streets are not really safe. The roads are not really safe. Like they're not lit. And it's not really usually like there's no sidewalk or anything. So it's not really something a lot of parents will just let their kids do. And there's do. like miles between destinations. Yeah. Like that's the thing for me. Like I wouldn't want my kid walking like. Was it like Nebraska or Kansas or something with like miles of know. open flat. Yeah. Cornfields. Yeah, and it was something like that. I don't, I don't understand. Why did they try to like get him to get in the van? Like they were, they were going to kidnap him. They wanted him to be terrified. That was part of their whole thing. Like, why did they give a shit if he was going to get in willingly or not? Why didn't they just grab him? Isn't know. that what kidnappers do? Wait, what? Like, hey, I got candy. Like, get in my car. It may have been more of just like they were being lazy and they wanted to try to get him closer to the van. But yeah. like, they also had, didn't they have Andy with them? Like, why couldn't she just, like, do her little mind control thing and make him get into the van? It's just because the scene I mean, had to be more, like, I think because they wanted the scene to have more impact, so they made it, for a second, seem a little bit more like an actual real-life kidnapping, just yeah. to tug on your heartstrings a little bit more. Maybe they, I don't know, like, weren't sure how powerful he was, so they were, like, trying to... Starts firing baseballs out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> See, that might have been useful while he was being attacked. Um, well, I feel like that was a huge burn on a little kid. <laughs> like his power wasn't useful. They're so useless. He might have known that he was about to die seconds before it happened because he can see into the future or what the fuck ever. <laughs> At any rate, um, the guy I keep wanting to call Mark Boone Jr., uh, and the other people kidnap him. Mark Boone Jr. adjacent. <laughs> yeah, bury, yeah. Bury the chunk. <laughs> um, they kidnap him and Rose the Hat, like, stabs him in the chest a bunch. After mutilating him and making him scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, that makes the steam better for some reason. For yeah. some reason. Tastes better or something. And it starts coming out before he's dying, which I don't really get. Is it, like, is it, like, not part of their essence? Like, I have no idea. So they're able to, like, scare him enough that, like, they get a little bit out before they actually kill him. Um, and so they all eat the steam. I actually have a question. Did I'm we sure ever, I don't have an answer. Did we ever see them eat? any actual food during making uh, food at one point hmm. they had a grill you're right i wasn't yeah. sure if they they required other sustenance or not or if it was like vampires where vampires only need blood i'm pretty sure he brought her a plate of food at one point and she didn't eat it or something hmm. um so while jacob is being murdered abra wakes up um, because she's dreaming about his death. Yeah, she's like connected it, to him because reasons. I think it cracks Dan's chalk wall too. Yeah, because mm. she starts screaming in the middle of the night and being like super freaked out. Now, is her name? I can only assume she's named after Abracadabra for some reason because she likes be. magic stuff did her parents name her that when she was born and then find out later that she likes magic stuff and is magic it is awfully convenient <laughs> she's like i like magic too and they're like oh thank god we named her that 
Maybe she's like the Pokemon, and maybe like she'll start going by Abra, and then later on in her life she'll go Kadabra, and then later on Alakazam. Alakazam. I'm Alakazam now. Be like if you named one of your kids like the Destructor, and then like when he's in his thirties, he destroys the world, and you're like, wow, that worked out. I thought you were gonna say runs a wrecking ball because (laughs) well, if he fell short of their expectations. Not he was Lord Voldemort, like. <laughs> uh, These are my children, telemarketer and engine mechanic. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how they used to do it. Like, last names yes. are like shoemaker and shit. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, Smith. Everyone's Smith because back in the day, everyone had to be some form of a Smith. <laughs> I'm a food Smith. <laughs> you're a cook i'm a foodsmith okay yeah i feel like that's what chefs would call themselves now because mm. now it's not like you know making cookies in your mom's kitchen it's like you know tattoos on your neck and egg whisks and tattoos is the most whisks, extreme shit yeah yeah beaters even. Mm. all right so as she's watching this unfold and getting terrified Abra, right? Yes, Rose the Hat kind of picks up on someone's, like, watching them and, like, she's, like, stops from there feasting on this boy's anguish so she can, like, look around ominously. Um, She gets the feeling someone's watching them. And I don't think she mentions anything until, like, hours later. Uh, It was right after they were done. Um, Hmm. Crow Daddy says something to her and she pulls him aside and only tells him doesn't tell anybody else because apparently she can't trust anybody. So it's, <laughs> I guess when you eat people for a living, you can't trust anyone. But I yeah, would think so. I don't know how that tracks, but okay. <laughs> so I think at some point after this, uh, Abra like sets up a meeting with Dan. She gets on a bus, skips school, skips school. And goes, who knows how far away, to where he's staying to surprise him and talk to him. Yeah, I guess somehow he let her know where he lives. I think she said that she tracked him down. She said that it wasn't hard. She could, like, mm. like feel him. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> she tells him all this stuff about... Rose the Hat and Jacob Tremblay and like all this other stuff and he's like oh, sorry can't help you go back home not gonna Don't do anything involved. about this <laughs> keep your head down shut up <laughs> and ultimately I mean he's right because that's how he survived for 30 some years yeah but at the same time like if she tracked him down that easily like well she had a pre-connection with him that was well actually why did she have a connection with him i guess she automatically has connection with everyone that the plot needs that her to yep or yep. everyone who has steam i guess that yep. was a little weird like i don't know that was a weird shift for me that this not that i have any problem with it i just wasn't expecting the movie to not be about danny like yeah. i kind of just expected it to be and then it wasn't and it was about someone who's like somehow even more powerful than him even though everyone leading up to that point has been telling him that he's like the most powerful they've ever met 
So it's just weird. It's like almost like a Dragon Ball Z type thing. <laughs> You're the most amazing and most powerful fighter in all the world. Oh no, here's someone from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I. So she finds him, and I did really appreciate that part where they're sitting on the park bench, and he says, "Like a grown man meeting a little girl like this is, it, it's not okay. Like, <laughs> I can't do this." Because that was immediately my thought. I was yeah. like. I would be really uncomfortable if I saw a grown-ass man talking to a small child. I mean, she's like a teenager, but still. She was like 13. That is a teenager. Uh, it is. You're te- <laughs> technically, you're right. I just A teenager is technically 21 in my book, and anything before then is considered a toddler. Um, um, so she, <laughs> she leaves. And he's at work that night, and his ghosty friend um, ends up in a room in the hospice where Dan is still working. And the cat goes into the room, and he's like, oh, you got your wires crossed, there's nobody in there. And he goes in, and that's where his his ghosty friend is, and his ghosty friend is like, um, hey, so, remember when I helped you? Yeah, you're being a fucking dick. And... (laughs) Remember when I helped you? And I got axed in the back for it, but remember when I helped you? (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, so... He... I think it was after this, Rose the Hat, like, goes on a spirit walk to find Abra. Well... She was at the grocery store, and yeah. Abra got back home, and she oh, was like, yeah. I'm going to completely disobey everything that Dan just said. And she spirit walked into Rose the Hat, and Rose the Hat didn't notice until she saw her reflection in a, a, a glass door on something cold in a, the grocery store. And... Well, I think she knew something was up well before that. Like, it's when she's walking through the aisle, she starts looking over her shoulder. But I don't mm. think it was until she got up to the, the frozen section, or whatever it was. Um, until she got to the freezers, I don't think she realized that it was... She was being watched from, like, inside of herself, like, through mm-hmm. her own eyes. And I think that's when she was able to see that there was someone that, like, wasn't her reflection looking back at her. And well, that should answer her. your question, Kitty. Yeah, I mean, why would she be grocer shopping if uh, they didn't need to oh, eat? Oh, good. Well, maybe she's just hoping that she'll just randomly run into someone and be like, "They smell like steam." <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, it's probably it, that awful, filthy hat she wears. <laughs> I initially was like, "How can they afford all this shit?" Because they have like a couple of really nice RVs and like really nice vehicles, cryptocurrency. And, well, I thought maybe that was what it it was, but um, <laughs> then I was like, oh, never mind. They eat people, so they and they also can like command people to give them things. That is more likely. The whole so, you guys are just determined to to say eating people is your excuse for everything with these characters. Like, I mean, it is. How does eating little children get them money? Like, <laughs> other than children maybe, are notoriously poor. <laughs> how do you like? Unless you're ransoming the child, you're not getting money from children. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Maybe, I do know. Maybe. When I until I was like fifteen, I used to leave money around the house and then wonder why it wasn't there when I came back. Like <laughs> <laughs> that means you were stupid, not poor. <laughs> and I was also a kid. There's a correlation there. <laughs> you lived in a house with like 
40 other people. I don't understand why you thought that there was going to be. <laughs> well, you know. We anyway. didn't eat people. <laughs> as far as I know. Um, and Rose, like, says something to Abra. I can't even remember what she says to her. And Abra fucking, like, freaks out and explodes the glass door and throws Rose back, like, an aisle and a half. Like, (laughs) (laughs) she comes back pissed. How do you explain that? Like, how do you get up and be like, oh, uh, the milk was expired. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think I might have, like, made it seem like the store's fault. Like... And sue them. (laughs) No one in their right mind would be able to explain how that happened. Like, you can't say it's a gas leak. Like, I don't know. But I do. There's that part where someone goes to grab her hat for her. Like, that's important. She's like, no. (laughs) So I don't know if she just doesn't want other people touching the hat. That's where I keep my hat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I don't know what was up with that. But then that's when she realizes, like. This person isn't just, you know, is, wasn't able to just look at us. They're able to, like, find me in the middle of nowhere. And, like, from... Somehow she has a, an idea of how far away this person was. And they were, like, on a different coast. So they realize that, like, this person's crazy powerful. Like, I said she was a whale. But really, she's, like, a what's bigger than a whale? Nothing. Yeah. But that... Uh, like, <laughs> You know, dinosaurs had the greatest dominion over Earth of any living creature, I think. Besides maybe humans, but we, in this day and age, have the largest living animal on the history of the planet. Really? The blue whale? Blue whales. Mm. Bigger than any other living creature that was ever. I believe Interesting. that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Reason 235, why I don't go in the ocean. Because if one of those beached the wrong time and wasn't paying attention, that's the end of you. <laughs> like, Dreadnoughtus and Brachiosaurus were immense... And blue whales are even bigger than that. That's crazy. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's after this now, actually, uh, that Dan takes um, Billy to go yeah. find Jacob's body. And <laughs> one of my favorite conversations in mm. the whole movie, <laughs> um, they're they're driving out there, and uh, Billy's like, I really don't know... Like, if I hope that you're right or wrong about this, because, like, if you're <laughs> wrong, then my best friend is fucking insane. And if you're right, and Dan interrupts and goes, then that's even worse. <laughs> and, like, and Billy Billy was like, I could learn how to live with, with you being crazy. Like, I can get around that. But, like, I can't. <laughs> and just, ugh, I can't even imagine like knowing what you were going there for. Ugh. Yeah. It's it's pretty rough. And I <laughs> I understand where he's coming from. That would be impossible. And it's usually not a great idea to play into someone's delusions. I mean I'm I'm not a qualified professional. That, that's the one, yeah. In any capacity. But I do feel like usually playing into someone's delusions doesn't go well, unless you're the doctor from Shutter Island. Yeah. And apparently it's... I was just going to say, unless you're Shutter Island. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're... uh, They get out to this 
specific area where she tells them to go, and they start digging, and very quickly, um, they start smelling something rotting. And before, I think, they even dig down and get the whole way down to the body, Billy starts telling him that he shot a deer once, and he thought that he got a fatal wound, and he, and he was tracking it, and then the, the tracks just stopped. So he gave up on it, assumed that it recovered, and that he was never going to find it. Um, and then I think he said weeks later or days later, he came back for something else. I don't remember why he came back again, but he found it, uh, in a bank that he like didn't look to, or wasn't able to follow it to. And it was there rotting and it had been there for a while. And he could see that it like it had suffered because it went as far as it could and then like collapsed and then just rotted. He said it smelled the same way. It was like a weird way to tie things back to a, like him hunting things. And he said like he never picked up a rifle since or hasn't picked up a rifle since. Um, but yeah, they dig down and they find poor Jacob and his glove, which was a point of them going in the first place, I guess. Yeah, it was. Abra wanted the glove so she could find, because um, Chunky McMustard Man touched it, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and she said that she wanted there to be some sort of proof that um, he was dead. And the entire time that we were watching that part, <laughs> Vic and I were like, how the fuck do you explain that to the cops? You don't. Like, <laughs> how you can't just be like, oh, that's one of our cats. Yeah. I was like, Max, did you get a tiny dog that we didn't know about? Uh, Abra wants the glove to find Barry the Chunk. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, she can only find Rose for reasons. And she needs the glove to find Barry the Chunk for reasons um, that I don't understand. You guys understand that? Nope. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then she... Danny tells her that she's he's coming to where she is. And um... <laughs> they get there. She's tell your dad. Oh yeah, he he told her to tell her dad, and they get there, and her dad comes out and like. <laughs> oh, I think he said show your dad. I think he specifically said show your dad. Um, but yeah. Oh um, and she uh, hadn't really given all the specifics of things, um, because her parents had an idea of what was going on with her, but they liked to pretend that it just didn't exist. Lots of kids put spoons in the ceiling. Yeah, totally normal. It's perfectly <laughs> fine. Um, barely an inconvenience. And uh, she... Uh, he comes out and he starts screaming at Danny. Did he punch him? I can't remember. Did he suck her? I think he him? did. Uh, he I walks don't... up and he's like, you're a grown man. And like, how dare you poison her mind with these delusions? And he's like, you didn't tell him? Or you didn't show him? And she's like, I told him. And he's like, well, that's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, Again, because she's super crazy powerful and the Shining is the fucking force that is malleable and they can do whatever they need it to. She's now able to give him visions of what happened. Which doesn't immediately cause him to go insane. Um, <laughs> Thankfully. Close, though. He, I mean, he needs a stiff drink and he offers some to Danny, the recovering alcoholic. Both of them. Well, she... I think at some point after this, Rose does her spirit walking to find Abra. Yes. Yes. 
She says she said. I mean, I suppose every other part of the movie happens after this, but actually, I think I think Rose finding Abra might have been what sparked Danny to go help her because his imaginary friend comes and says that they found her now, like they know how to find her and they might can have do been. it again. So I think we might have missed that part, but I I appreciated that um, because it wasn't like it made her seem like she wasn't helpless. Yeah, because that's what makes Rose realize that she's not normal like she's not just really powerful she's not a whale she's something even bigger which as we already discussed isn't a thing um (laughs) it's Uh, whales and then the earth that's your size comparison (laughs) that is the next biggest thing um so uh, um rose does her spirit walk and finds abra's brain library yeah she's all like i'm gonna go looking through here and find everything out about abra and then Abra invades Rose's brain library. She goes, the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> and traps Rose's hand in a filing cabinet drawer so hard that it, like, peels the skin off of her fingers. Yeah, take that, you bitch. That's a running theme with, um... I almost said Spielberg. <laughs> no. That's a, a running theme with, um... Uh... Stephen King, right? Like the whole mind library thing. Didn't he do that in? Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about people's hands getting <laughs> getting hacked <laughs> off by doors and drawers well, because that does actually happen in Rose Red. <laughs> that was a mirror specifically. Come on, it was a no, front it was door, a door actually. Yeah, was it the front yeah. door? I suppose. Oh, it's a mirror later on though, because he gets his fingers cut off by the front door, and then she grabs him and he grabs her arm, and she's pulling him through. And his arm then gets cut from, like, the... Just below the elbow, I think. Um, I'm almost positive. I don't remember that. But I'll take your word for it. I'm almost positive, but, you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was another thing in Dreamcatcher, too. That's what I thought, yeah. I I actually like that idea. Because I thought I remember there was a part where... I don't remember that movie very well. But there was a part where they're fighting the alien in his, like, memories... And I, I was confused by that, but it's like. Did you nice. read the book or did you just watch the movie? I just watched the movie. I was a stupid uh, kid. The movie was a dumb, stupid kid movie. Well, apparently not, because I was a stupid kid and I didn't get it. That movie, <laughs> like, was upsetting at times, and I <laughs> won't watch it again. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. So. <laughs> yes. So Rose the Hat is there, um, and things happen with the filing cabinet. Yes, and then and some Rose more stuff happens, and then gets back to her happen. body, and her hands all fucked up, which is good. I'm glad. I'm glad it hurts. Um, <laughs> and she tells Crow Daddy, "Oh, he's like, well, I'll go find her, but you stay here because you suck at everything." Um, Actually, I think he told her that she was too good at things, and that's why she needed to stay. There. That is exactly <laughs> what you would tell to someone if you think they're shit. <laughs> You're too good at this. We can't. We can't afford you coming with us. Uh, so they all but they make well, it Crow, they it. make it a point of saying that like you're the only one that she's tracked so like she won't know about about any of us but she will because plot mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so i think he does go by himself and he finds her and then um, he went with everybody else like okay. they all went with him and Rose stayed behind and uh Aber was like wait they're on their way here and 
so they formulated a plan to attach her spirit to a teddy bear from her bedroom and leave it in the middle of the woods and that would be what they were chasing and she would stay at her house with her dad and Billy and Danny would stay in the woods with the teddy bear and kill everybody whenever they showed up. Yep. And what, I mean, Abra has the same problem that Carl did in The Walking Dead. She's not in the house. Um, Or no, I guess she was. She was. Yeah, never mind. She was. But um, uh, they all go there except... Crow Daddy, I think. As, yeah, as we find for out. some reason, <laughs> um, he somehow knows that it's going to be tricky. And when everybody gets out there, um, Danny and Billy start picking them off one by one. And they're With hunting rifles, exceptionally good shots. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like hitting a moving target, even if you are, you know, within 30, 40 feet, which I think they were probably roughly around that, maybe a little bit more. Um, is not easy with a hunting rifle, especially with a scope. Like, so um, kudos to Danny for I don't know if if like if Billy told him on the way there how to how to shoot people or like how you use a rifle, but I don't know that he's had experience with that. So yeah, it's The Shining, I guess. I yep. guess like everything else, because The Shining allows her to uh, make all of these specialized hunters who. Like, the only thing they do is hunt people who have The Shining, uh, not realize that a teddy bear isn't her. Yes. So. Yeah. And also, all it takes is one bullet. Um, Apparently. To put these st- things down. There are still people, I guess, or still mortal in that sense. <laughs> I guess. Um, oh, we missed the part uh, where um, Grandpa Flick died um, because he didn't have enough steam. They well, they said he know. was cycling. Yeah, and he started like, like he was being electrocuted, and then he poofed into steam, and then they ate him. Yeah, and um, uh, Snake by Andy says, "I thought that we were immortal." Like she's pissed off because Grandpa Flick died. And Rose was like, I don't think we ever use those words. I said that you would live for a long time. and Like any salesman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's in the contract. <laughs> um, but uh, as they start picking off these individuals, um, as they're picking off these individuals... Um, Rose is like witnessing all of it or through her it. brain space and she starts like screaming because she's super pissed off. And um, fucking asshole, you murder children. Like, yeah, I, th- we're back to this argument again. Like, you know, oh, it's okay to murder children, but then when your stupid ass sucking friends get killed, then you all oh, now you're pissed off. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Um, so (laughs) they end up, um, realizing that, uh, Abra is gone. Oh, no. Real quick. 
Ugh, the worst part of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, Billy was pretty great. Um, Billy was trying to kill Snakebite Andy and... I don't think he was trying to kill her. I think he was just amazed at the fact that he was seeing something supernatural. I mean, all of this has happened within presumably a few days for him. Maybe even a day. And he's Uh. like had his entire perception of the world shattered. And at this point he's seeing a a monster in his in his mind he called these people monsters for a reason they, they aren't people you're right they aren't people they're monsters is what he said when they found when they found the body he's like they didn't even bury him deep enough um for like you know scavengers not to, to pick at him eventually like they buried him i think like three feet deep or something um so he said like they're monsters and i think he was just not enamored isn't the right word like had a morbid fascination of seeing this this monster in person and thought that it was okay and walked up to her um because she was actively dying on the ground mm-hmm. and danny yells at him not to he's like no don't get too close but he gets too close and she gives her last push before she dies and tells him to kill himself and so he puts his rifle in his mouth and pulls the trigger i don't like yeah. that either like, what's that Hansel and Gretel movie with, uh, what's his face, Hawkeye? Jeremy Renner. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Never saw it. it. It's, I'm going to say it's not worth it. Okay. <laughs> like, most of what the witches did, like, they invade the town multiple times to, like, kidnap kids and do stuff. And, like, people will be trying to shoot them and stuff, but, like, they will just make people put the guns to their own heads and kill themselves or kill their loved ones. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know how many times they did it in that movie, but I just, I don't know. I don't care for it. Like, if that's how you kill your enemies, like, I don't know, you were weak to begin with, you know? like. Well, and I don't think that, like, her thing was necessarily that that was how she killed people. It was just more, like, one last dig before she died because she was pissed. Just more like, proof that, like, that she deserves what she got. They all did. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm not saying that they didn't. I'm just saying that, like, from her perspective, I think that's that that was what was going. Well, fuck her perspective. <laughs> Did you hear my stomach was... growl just now? <laughs> God damn! <laughs> what? Um, there was a, a disturbance in the shining. <laughs> Kitty's stomach growled very loudly, <laughs> and it picked up on the microphone. It microphone like there are waves <laughs> so that'll be fun for our editor to deal with <laughs> so now presumably like they kill all the ones that went there and the only ones left now are rose the flatulence um crow pecker and that's it yeah and um Abra was like wait like crow daddy isn't here and then all of a sudden she disappears and uh Danny and um, Billy. Just Danny tra- now. Oh yeah, sorry. That's right. Billy just died. Um, Danny goes back to Abra's house where he discovers that her. Um, <laughs> he discovers that Abra's father was killed, and um. With a knife shaped like a crow. It was Crow Man. 
<laughs> and he left a crow feather on the body. And her dad had crow's feet around his eyes. <laughs> and... Um, and he had drugged her to get her to not do shit. Yeah. Presumably she can just do whatever the fuck she wants. So if she wanted to, I guess she could just rip people in half. Mm, like yes. Phoenix style. Joaquin Phoenix style? That's the one. I've mm-hmm. heard he can do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess Danny... I guess we're supposed to assume that because he hasn't been using his powers for like 25... Well, 30 years because he's like 33 or something like that in this. Um, like we're supposed to assume that because he hasn't been using his powers that he hasn't really learned how to use them well. Or how, like, how powerful he actually is. Um, but, like, this is the first time he's like, okay, like, sh- you know, you're, you're not picking up any channels or any, not, you're not picking up any waves from her. Um, it's, like, you can broadcast to try to, like, reach her. And, like, so he does, and that works, and he's able to find her. Um, but he realizes that she's drugged. And I guess we skipped over it because it was kind of anecdotal before, but it, there was a part where Abra was talking to him in the car when Billy and um, Danny are going to find Jacob's body. And she, like, tries to do something to Danny and she's able to, like, actually... He asks how she managed to inhabit Rose. And she says, like this, and pushes into him while he's driving and nearly makes them crash the yeah. car. Well, he does crash Ooh. the car. In, in the scene that I'm talking about, when when she's in the car with Danny. She pushed into Danny while he was driving Billy uh, to go get Jacob's yeah. body. And right, it causes right, him right. to flip, flip out. And he was like, like, don't ever do that again. Like, that was super dangerous kind of thing. And she's like, sorry, sorry, I didn't think it through. Um, so he finds her using this, like, he's now trying to broadcast to her. And um, then he decides he's going to use that trick. And it works. Like, he's able to do that now, too. So he's able to push Inhabit her. into her... And then he's able to push well, to Crow Daddy? I just, real quick, um, real quick, Abra and Crow Daddy were having a conversation on the way out there. And she, because she wakes up and he's like, oh yeah, like I drugged you enough that you can't do shit, but that you might wake up every once in a while. And um, <laughs> she was like, what happened to my dad? And he goes, we lost people on both sides. And like... He said a lot of good people died today. Yeah. Like, no. Fuck you, One asshole. good person died today. Maybe your dad <laughs> was a good... Two good people. I was getting to that. Maybe your dad was a good person, but I'm going to say that, that Billy is the most tragic loss of all. Mm. So, um, then she falls back asleep, and then Danny does the thing where he pushes into her. And but I'm remembering that right. I'm remembering that right. Like he, he inhabits her, and then she he uses like her power or his power through her as a vessel to push into Crow Daddy to affect him in some way. I think like, so. Physically, then what the fuck is the shining? Like what the fuck is it? It's the force at this point. Like you can manipulate other people. You can use it to command other people to like physically move them. And it doesn't, it's not dependent on, you know, like, moving people who don't have the Shining or do. Like, it's, 
I don't know. So that works. So he's able to, like, force Crow Daddy to drive off the road into a tree. And he's like, huh, yeah, you got real cocky because you've lived for so long. So, of course, you're not wearing a seatbelt. And then he wrecks the car, which was actually kind of funny, that in my opinion. It was. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny hates them just as much as we do. So. Yeah. Danny makes sure that he's dead. And then Rose feels Crow Daddy die. And she is like, well, that's it. I'm not staying here any longer. And that's the final straw. Um, Abra's wa- walking down the middle of the road. And um, Rose uses one of her tricks to try and like scare her. And Abra just is like, huh. and like, just like walks through her. <laughs> just keeps going um yeah and like rose is so overcome with anger and and grief and you know despair at the loss of her friends or whatever um so that she goes in and drinks like all the steam they have left like Mm. all of her reserves which have like weird little mementos from the people they took them from like one has like a um like a lay on it from Hawaii. Yeah, and I, or something like that, I thought. Um, but they have, like, weird little, like, things. Like, why? It's almost like a serial killer type thing. Like, it's fucking weird. Because, um, like, I don't know. I don't remember the last time that I put, like, a little sombrero on a piece of chicken before I cooked it. Like, it's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so she I'm drinks gonna all put, of I'm going to put hosen on a, um, <laughs> a, a, a sausage at some point. Bratwurst. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! So she drinks all the steam that they have, and like, they like, oh man, she's like really powering up. We're gonna, we're gonna see her final form, and like, her final form is the same. <laughs> <laughs> she just projects her image onto the, the road that Abra is able to, to realize immediately. It's just like a, a phantasm. It's just a an image. She it's gets the ability to dodge an Illusion. axe swing that anybody could have dodged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> astral projection that's what it is so she just does the same thing that she's done um so danny <clears throat> comes and gets abra um and they start driving and then abra wakes up eventually and she's like where are we and he's like ohio and she's like where are we going and he's like the only place that can help <laughs> <laughs> dr phil <laughs> But he does tell her to call her mom. Fuck Dr. Phil while we're at it. No, her mom calls and she answers. Oh. (laughs) And um, he's like... Hey, mom. Dad's dead. Gotta go. (laughs) Bye. Hey, mom. I'm fine. And then chucks her phone out the window. Um, With my Uncle Danny, who you don't know, but everything's fine. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hope that all works out for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um... And I... Like, this part, I can't decide if it was clever or if it was just a cheap tie-in. And I'm, I assume that the book does it too. So it's both a a dig at the movie and also um, Stephen King. If it if I do decide that it's cheap, but like they decide that the only way to kill Rose, despite the fact that they just shot like seven of her friends and killed them, they decide that the only way to kill her is to take her to the Overlook Hotel because he assumes that since it's dangerous for people who have The Shining and the True Not people, whatever the fuck they are used to have the shining and now they're just mutated into whatever the fuck they are 
that it should be dangerous to them too. But like, okay, but you literally just killed multiple of her friends, and yeah, she might be more powerful, but clearly not powerful enough to dodge bullets or stop them in midair or not die from them. So like, but maybe she is powerful enough that she can control mind control either of them. I guess, but I don't. I don't know. Just. And I'll say it again, but I'm going to say it now. This movie bothered me in the sense that there was a lot of writing that felt very convenient when it needed to be, and it bothered me a little because it just felt like the pieces weren't necessarily made to fit together. They were made, and then someone shaved them to fit them together, and it's like they cheated on their puzzle. Like, it doesn't really work when you stop to think about it. But yeah, they go to the Overlook Hotel. I don't like to stop and think <clears throat> about things. I, I like, like to just Stephen King's books, but that's basically how he writes stuff. No, <laughs> like read the Dark Tower. Like, you know, he needs there to be a door that goes back to whatever New York and whatever time, and there's one is on the beach. Like, you know, <laughs> it's that's just kind of how he does stuff. And oh, well, I, I, I mean, like reading Stephen King's books. I really do, book. but it's. Sometimes it's just like, well, that was convenient. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, my nose is itchy. All of a sudden, sorry. Um, they get to the hotel, and Danny's like, "You stay here by yourself. I'm gonna go inside." And his reasoning is fair. He like he's scared that the house will like or that the hotel will like feed on her the second she walks in there. Well, on both of them. He's, yeah. He needs to go and wake it up and he wants to be somewhat controlled about it and tells her that there's no other way for Rose to get in. She has to come up. And I thought he meant walking and I don't know why I thought that. I guess just because like I expected her to be more powerful now because we saw her snort all that steam. But like... Snort. I thought you were going to say snorkel. Because <laughs> we saw her snorkel? Because we saw her snorkeling, so... Only powerful people can go snorkeling. Um, she was free diving. Um, but, like, no, it's it's in a car. Because she's not all that. She's still rose the hat. Just with a little bit more steam, I guess. So like, yeah, I don't know if he said, like, she can only come from this direction. And that's why I was like, okay, that's... All right, but like she's walking, so like she can come from any direction technically, bud. But then at the, when I saw the car, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. This makes more sense. Yeah. So she, presumably, like a mile or more out, she's able to see the lights and gives her a good lead time to get out of the car and come running in. But yeah, he goes in to, to wake up the hotel, and the first thing he does is go to the boiler room and start that up. Um, and I thought that was <laughs> metaphorical for starting like the heart of the hotel back up, but um, I guess not. I guess that was. The it only, was just a plan. That was the only mechanical part of the hotel the hotel couldn't control, which is also fairly convenient, but all right. Um, and then he is, like, walking through the hotel and, like, having flashbacks and shit. Mm. And then um, he ends up at the bar from the original Shining. I don't remember there being a speakeasy in the wall. <laughs> Goosey Kopey. And that was what's his face? <laughs> Thomas man. Thomas the, the bartender. Thomas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, who was serving drinks to Jack Torrance, which I think is like liquid insanity. Yes. Or just 
feeding off of his insanity and therefore also amplifying it and like eating what little sanity he had left. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Personally. He did a very good Jack Nicholson impression. Um, but, but yeah, it's wait, weird. Who? Henry Thomas. That's not who he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be he was Jack Lord, Torrance. Lord the, Lloyd the bartender. He was he was the bartender. Yeah. I thought he was supposed to be Jack. I, well, I thought he was both. I thought he was whatever remained of Jack Torrance in the guise of Lloyd the bartender. But I thought that, he, that Jack Torrance had taken the place of Lloyd the bartender. I think it's both. I think it's supposed to just be like... Did Jack Nicholson play the bartender no. in... Okay. No. Well, Henry Thomas straight up made a comment... Or, or Mike Flanagan straight up made a comment about Henry Thomas playing Jack Nicholson. And he calls him his dad. Like, he, yeah. he's like, this is what you used to drink. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Torrance. Um, like, he, he's talking to him like it's his dad. But I don't necessarily think that it was supposed to be like... I think he was... Talking to whatever remains of that house is like a projection of what was once his dad. Like, you know, it's not that it's his dad anymore. It's this manifestation of... But he was still playing Jack Nicholson. Yes, he was. Is what I was trying to get to. Like, it was the the visage and the... 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 um, Like, dialect? Mannerisms. Mannerisms. Of... Jack Torrance. Yeah. So I... my statement stands. He did a great Jack Nicholson impression. Yeah. That was what started this whole. Okay. I forgot already. But okay. Yeah. I don't disagree. I thought he did a great job. Are you still there? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. It just got real quiet. <laughs> well, I was reading this little <laughs> thing. Um, Mike Flanagan casting people. Uh, it says Henry Thomas as the bartender, an apparition who calls himself Lloyd, but resembles Dan's late father, Jack Torrance. Yes. Right. And I, I that's so what I was saying was that I think that it's kind of an amalgam of all those things, because it's just like the house using people as puppets to kind of do whatever it wants. So like originally Lloyd the bartender was like the spirit of this malevolent thing that resides within this hotel driving jack further into his insanity and ultimately causing him to break and attack his family and in this situation it's just kind of like it's putting that same malevolence into the form of jack just to torture danny a little bit more that's the impression i got um but it's nice it's a very cathartic conversation for danny i think like he's able to tell him you know this is your this is always your drink wasn't it uh, whiskey. Um, he makes a couple of comments about um, the way that he acted and the way that he would talk whenever he was like getting getting to a point where he was going to get like aggressive and hurt them. Because um, I guess his his what's the word I'm looking for um, abuse was started before they went to the hotel. It just got a lot worse. Yes. Um, so I actually really enjoyed that scene, personally. Oh, me too. Um, okay. So, anyway. Yeah. 
while all of that was going on, um, uh, Rose the Hat shows up and Abraham's running into the hotel and she's like, Daddy! And uh, he comes running out. Or no, they stay in the hotel and they like deviate a plan. Is that a word? No. I mean, it is, but I don't think you used it correctly. No. Nope. Deviate from a Not plan. Not deviate. What am I, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. But they stand on the Device? staircase. No, Device. Have, I'm pretty sure they have that plan. A plan. They drove for like 13 days, so I'm pretty sure that they have <laughs> time to come up with a plan. Actually, now I'm interested. Um, <laughs> Please hold. <okay. laughs> But they, they're standing on the staircase, like the same staircase where um, Jack's mom, or I'm sorry, Danny's mom, um, clobbered Jack in the head with a baseball bat. Uh, they're standing there waiting for her to come in. And Abra does her weird trickery thing where she convinces Rose that Rose has entered into Abra's mind or that Abra has pulled Rose into her mind. And it's the maze outside the Overlook Hotel. Um, um, so from New Hampshire to the Stanley Hotel, which is where the Overlook right. is, um, it is 30 hours. Right. <laughs> it's good to know. I was being exaggerative. I but... know. I just was curious. <laughs> um, so I guess immediately, even though Rose is like super smart and powerful and stuff, she didn't realize that something was weird. I don't think she's weird. that smart. Well, well, supposed to be. Um, she didn't realize something was weird. That like, oh, you, you made your mind palace, whatever memory storage place now, into a frozen maze. This instead of your bedroom like it was before. Like you've made some upgrades. Um, and doesn't realize there's a pokeball sl- slowly like pulling up behind her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's Mario. Um, <laughs> Did you ever play the Pokemon games, the Game Boy games? Uh, I think I played the first one. Hmm. They were a very big obsession of mine when I was a child. I logged hundreds upon hundreds of hours. <laughs> that game. I always anyway. chose Squirtle. So. Mm-hmm. The superior Pokemon. Yeah, False. for sure. False. Mm-hmm. False. He's got fucking cannons, alright? Charmander's better. Charmander's he nothing. He's got he nothing. Wings. He can fucking fly. Yeah, but he never fucking does. But he can. <laughs> I used fly a lot with Charizard. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, (laughs) um, yeah, she tries to get Abra, and Abra's like, you're in a maze, bitch, and starts, like, hacking at her Achilles tendon (laughs) with a knife over and over again. But this is, like, in the dream place, so I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, actually hurting her in real life. Yeah, so it no longer hurts her in real life anymore because reasons. Um, And she does that a bunch, and then Rose is like, I'm too smart for you, and grabs her by the throat. And then they try to 
catcher again? Yeah, that's okay. the the chest is like up behind her, and she's like, wait, because Abra smiles because mm. she's a smug little kid who doesn't know any better, and she smiles at Rose, and she's like, wait, this this isn't your mind. <laughs> uh, and then she's able to break out of it um, and that's when she realizes that Danny is also there and that's when we find out that Danny really isn't actually all that powerful <laughs> at all and... but he has a lot of steam for some reason for some mm, reason yes <laughs> again like but the thing is that like I, I said it earlier that we're I kind of assume that because he hasn't used it, like, he doesn't really understand the powers, so he doesn't really, like, he hasn't really flexed that muscle, so he hasn't, like, developed it at all. But Abra was pretty much really great at everything she wanted to do immediately, so maybe this isn't, like, <laughs> That is my dream. Yeah. To, to immediately be good at things whenever I do them, because when I'm not immediately good at something, I quit. If you're so. not immediately good at something, why do it at all? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That is a famous quote from Coach McGurk. Um, we now go live to the 2024 Olympics where gold medalist Kitty, first time entering, <laughs> <laughs> throws the discus. No, that's Summer Olympics. Uh, what do they do in the winter ones? Snow stuff, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. Curling? <laughs> curling. I want to do curling. I might actually be that, good at curling. You know, curling Kitty, if you, th- if you throw the, I don't know what the hell they call it, the bell or whatever it is, <laughs> the stone, I want to be the broom guy. Like, that's my dream job. I want to, like, scratch the ice and, like, scoot along on my ice skates. Like, I can't wait. <sighs> it looks so intense. <laughs> <laughs> God, I feel like Gannon would be so good at that. Uh, yeah, he'd be going sweet, 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 sweet the whole time. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, um, so anyway. <clears throat> so anyway. Um, Danny has an axe. He did arm himself. Yes. Not with any of the guns that they used before because... Reasons. Reasons. <laughs> so he has an axe. He's got a fireman's axe. May even be the same axe that killed his imaginary friend. <laughs> Or it's not rusted at all, so <laughs> not at all. He was in a glass case. It's perfectly safe. Um, and Rose descends upon him, and they get into a fist fight, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, like they have a little exchange of words, and Rose is like, "Oh, I'm a fucking asshole, and I'm better at everything than anyone." Blah you blah blah. You could join me, and, and he's like, "No thanks," and he. <laughs> hauls the axe over his head to hit her with it and it takes him like three years to complete his swing <laughs> i mean like a, a, a little old grandma with like a walker could have moved out of the way of that axe swing <laughs> could have seen well, it coming <laughs> i mean he might be pretty powerful with the steam but he's a level one character when it comes to physical attributes and he's never used the axe before so he's not proficient so really he's just he he's didn't just take any points it. into strength <laughs> Just, he's just winging it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she sidesteps that like 10 minutes before it hits. And yeah. I think she stabs him some, with some stuff. And Yeah, she's able to like move the axe into like his just below his groin and then throw her over or throw him over her head. Yeah. Because she's now really strong. And then she's like, mm, 
looks like I need your femoral artery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> yeah. Then she starts talking about the steam. I have a hat. That's actually part of my name, not to brag. It's a pretty great hat. She starts shoving her finger in the hole she made so she can suck out his steam. And she says it tastes like whiskey. And I also think it's funny that, like... The entire movie, I was calling Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Ewan <Walter> McGregor. <Goggers. laughs> Ewan McGregor. <laughs> McGregor. Uh, I was saying that like they were having a really hard time making him look not handsome. Wait, like, his beginning. last name is McGregor, right? McGregor. Like I'm pretty sure. McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Oh, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. No, like no. the farmer from the rabbit show and movies, right? Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. So? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. McGregor. Okay, you and McGregor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, that's why we started laughing when you said me McGregor. <laughs> well, I I just haven't pronounced his name for a while. I guess you and yeah. McGregor. So anyway, the entire first half of the well, first three quarters of the movie. Uh, I was saying about how they were having a really hard time making him not look attractive because he is a very attractive individual. So in the beginning, when he's like supposed to look all run down, I was like, wow, they did a really good job of making him. And then she started calling him handsome like immediately as soon as she saw him. No, you're so handsome. And I was like, ew, get away from him. I mean, I guess because he's not a rusty old corpse like the rest of her friends. Like, <laughs> They're not even corpses at this point. They're steam. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to make you an offer I don't make to many people. All the, all the people that I made this offer to, you actually killed. So Did uh, she uh, lead like... into that conversation with going, we're not she so did. different? I think so. What the fuck? Like, you can't use a more cliche thing. Yeah. Like, sometimes I hear it used ironically. And that's kind of funny. You know, like, oh, we're not so different, you and I. And, you know, it's like meant to be a joke. But then right. I swear she said it and meant it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that it's went only... out of style well, like 93 years ago. <laughs> I think what what you're thinking. So she like has him trapped on the floor and she's eating his steam. And he's like, here are all my fucking Pokemon and like lets them out of the boxes. Or no, she she gets into the boxes. She's like, what's in here? Yeah, she like. If that was his plan, why didn't he do that? Like as soon as she broke out of the thing that he was trying to do, because like he trapped all the ghosts that had been following him from the hotel. So the hotel like maybe had that lost... was his hail mary. Maybe that wasn't his like he was hoping to avoid that. But then I don't know. Um, but, but I, I real quick, I want to say that I, I agree with Max. I, I, I do remember that, and I remember her trying to like induct him into her little group, which is now a group of one. Um. But it is a super fucking cliche line. It's it's like it's like someone being like, It's over and the other person responding with, It's only just begun. Like that is <laughs> It's bad. Yeah. Um well, so I think she said the either. we're not so different thing after she realized that he was holding souls inside of boxes in his brain. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think she like she just thought that there was something in there. She was like any RPG player in like a random NPC's house. Like, oh, look, a chest. What's in there? <laughs> and he's like, haha, they're hungry. Bye, bitch. Yeah. And she gets eaten by the ghosts who have been starving in his brain boxes. Just a real quick pause from 
the this part of the conversation. Um, I want to add like a quick poll, a quick uh, two co-host poll. Um, the line is, "There must be something special in there," and his response is, "They're not special. They're hungry." I can't decide if that's a really good and fun line or if that's really <laughs> stupid. Ooh. Hmm. I laughed. I laughed when he said it. So. But it's not supposed to be funny, I don't think. Oh. I think it's I don't think it's supposed to be a joke. I okay. think it's supposed to be like a yeah, like, you know, a cool like a cool guy line. I don't think it's supposed to be like a haha. Oh. But I couldn't decide. Like I heard it and I was like, that's no. I thought oh. it was supposed to be like hmm. a haha like no jokes like, on you bitch well i guess maybe is like a, a what's the word i'm looking for a sarcastic but like i don't think it was meant to be comical i think it was meant to be like uh like a you know in your face kind of like <laughs> our dog is just contorting itself into a pretzel well he was sleeping with his eyes open that's worse <clears throat> that's so much worse it is so much fucking worse i mean it's kind of like the um uh, in that Jonah Hex anime you showed me where he makes the sex worker go down and haul out the body that he needs for his bounty. Right. And she's like, you can't leave me down here alone. And he's like, you're not alone. You know everyone down there. And I was like, well, that was cool. Okay. I I maintain that that is a fucking cool line and I love it. And he says, uh, he, she's like, you can't leave me down here alone. And he says, you're not alone. You have plenty of company and you know everybody there because she killed them all. She's responsible for every single one of their deaths. And I fucking love that line. And I don't know if it's good or bad because I watched it when I was a kid and now I have nostalgia so I can't tell. <laughs> well, maybe that was the, the other thing too about about his line. Maybe he was like, they're not special. Like, you're not special. They're just hungry. Like, <laughs> Maybe. But, I mean, maybe. Yeah, kind of an in-her-face sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't decide. Um... So, Abra's running through the hotel while this is happening. After they eat her, they start descending on him because he can't really move. can't get away and can't get the boxes open fast enough to get them put away again. Yes. And then they start like the thing style, shoving their hands in his face and like merging mm, their yeah. fingers with his face, and it was weird. His face meat. Yeah. And then he becomes like Jack Torrance from the first one. Yeah. He's going looking for Abra with his axe. Oh, Abra! I'm guessing that this is just more, you know, shining steam-powered stuff. But, like, your femoral artery is a main artery in your body. And if it is nicked, like any other femoral, or like any other main artery in your body, you will die within probably a minute if you're not applying pressure to it. So maybe we can just pretend that he, like, cinched something around it and got himself an extra, like, 30 seconds but running through a hotel with your femoral arteries slashed is a sure way to die within a few seconds so there must be some kind of special magic going well, on i think he was possessed like i think that's that... what i'm saying okay. like he was still a human body yeah like he was still alive whenever those things took him over so there must be some kind of like magical special power that's keeping him alive because like that is a fatal injury yeah that's a fatal injury even with medical attention immediately it is a fatal fatally murdered murder. Well, it may not be. I mean, if you had a, an EMT right there, they can uh, I, clamp sorry, it. Sorry, I didn't mean. I didn't mean fatal even with medical attention. I meant that it's potentially fatal even with 
medical attention because if it's not if they don't get to it fast enough or if they can't get it clamped fast enough. well the way i understand it is if you can stop the bleeding and get it clamped even if you can't fix the artery now in a hospital they might be able to fix it um if they get to it in time like put a stint mm-hmm. in or something i'm not sure but if they can't fix the artery and your leg starts to die then they have to amputate see i always wondered that too so essentially all they're doing is <laughs> <laughs> And singing yeah, in the room. Because um, they're like, it's a circulatory system. So that's the main artery that's taking blood from the heart and delivering oxygen through the rest of the body. Oh my God. So we are if, not medical people. <laughs> so if you, if you clamp that off, you're stopping that flow of blood to the rest. Okay. So that is the way that makes sense. I always wondered how that would work. And I guess they would just cut it off because that limb is going to die. Now. Yeah. If you can fix but the I... artery before your leg starts to die, then you'll be okay. But yeah, it, you know, if it happens probably at the Overlook hotel where you can't get help for half an hour, you might end up losing that leg. Oh. Depends how dead it is when they get there. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll probably, prob- probably, probably, Probably. <laughs> all right. So he catches up to Abra, and Abra's like, "You're not Danny." And then he's all like, "I'm gonna kill you." And then he's like, "Haha, just kidding. I'm Danny again." Yeah, she does <laughs> and... like, like believe in yourself kind of thing, which I fucking hate. And he's like, <laughs> "We're not so different, you and I." <laughs> it's over. It's only just begun. The hotel. You don't live in the hotel. The hotel lives in you. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I would have just said, done, and walked away. <laughs> His name's now Dan the Axe. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. Uh, <laughs> don't they call, like, older, tough ladies battle axes? Um, I've never heard that. The old that. battle axe. Yeah. I have heard that. I think it's usually... I always wondered if it meant derogatory. I was going to say I thought it was, but I don't know if it was or not. I, like, I think it all depends how you use it. Yeah, I mean, I would love to be referred to as a fucking sword or a battle axe. Like, that'd be awesome. Um, so, <laughs> they're having a conversation, and he's like, you need to get out of here, I'm not gonna make it. And she's like, I'm not leaving you! Ugh, here's another one. <laughs> and, yeah, and, uh, and then he starts to turn back into the hotel, and, uh... <laughs> He's like, run, and she starts running away. And then he starts arguing with one of the ghosts. No. Because the ghost is like, like, says something about how it's going to be fine or something. I don't know. That was her. Oh. Um, he says, like, I, like, Danny's gone. Like, I, I, I took him, and, like, I know. Like he's part of me now. Like I, I know everything about him. And she was like, "You know nothing about him." And like, like offends the hotel. And she's like, uh, "The first thing he did when he got here was to ensure that this place would never hurt anyone else." Basically, and it's like, "What?" And like, then it's able to realize, "Oh fuck, I have perfect dominion over every part of this entire hotel." But I didn't realize that the boiler's gonna explode. And she, I think she says something like to the effect of like been in the boiler room lately or something along those lines like <laughs> boil the ghost is like oh no i left it, it unguarded and stuff <laughs> my only weakness <laughs> like getting water on the wicked witch of the west <laughs> i think so, mom from futurama said it best when she was playing that character and 
said, whoever thought a small amount of liquid would ever fall on me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. I forget if it's, I think it's the hotel goes down to try to stop it. And then Danny. (laughs) The hotel goes down into the hotel's basement. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) And then Danny like takes control again and basically just like lays, well, sits down and waits for it to explode. Um, And Abra gets outside. And yeah. apparently you can see that fire from millions of miles around because every fire truck and police car in the world is driving up to the old abandoned hotel yeah. that nobody's <laughs> been in for 30 fucking years. To put Good all thing we resources. ran this old abandoned hotel drill tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's like immediate. It's immediate. Like she gets outside and turns around and the flames are starting to get to like the second and third stories and the police are already coming. <laughs> Also, I mean, I guess they need to contain it because, like, Colorado does occasionally have issues with forest fires. Like, that is the middle of winter. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) why would you put all of your resources into that? Like, I I don't understand. (laughs) Anyway, so then. (sighs) Sorry. Um, She goes back home and. She's in her room talking to Danny, who now appears to her like his imaginary friend did. And her mom comes in and is like, oh, who are you talking to, honey? And she's like, nobody. And then her mom walks out and then she's like, I gotta start being more honest and runs out. She's like, actually, mom, it's not true. I was talking to Danny. And he and dad are fine. (laughs) And she's like okay dear and walks down the stairs (laughs) gonna go find a new husband now that's basically the end of the movie she's hot she'll have no problem uh she's got a kid who's kind of responsible for the death of her previous husband though (laughs) so (laughs) a little bit of a stipulation there all right so now i'm like did she explain things away to the cops by saying that danny was the one that killed her dad and like he kidnapped her or something uh, like yeah, what I, I don't I mean it's a good thing that Danny didn't survive because I feel like explaining any of the shit that happened to the cops would have just got him in jail for multiple felonies yeah they would have just locked him up and put him in with um the remaining sibling from Oculus mm, yeah yep <laughs> um all right so <sighs> This was my pick, right? It was your it pick. Was, yeah. All right. So my favorite part of the movie. You do favorites? <gasps> Wait, we need to come up with our nicknames. I still need a minute. Okay. Yeah, one. let's. I'm it's not ready been, yet because it's I, only been two and a half weeks. Are we picking our own names or are we like trying to give them to each other? Oh, I think we should pick our own. Names, okay. All right. Personally. Okay. All right. <clears throat> um. So. Sorry. Um, my favorite part of the movie. Movie. Um, was probably the line that Abra said while she was being possessed by Danny about Crow Daddy not wearing a seatbelt. Hmm. If you just came into the podcast at this moment, that sentence made no sense. 
It's fine, though. It wouldn't. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> Um, Max, what was your favorite part of the movie? Uh, my favorite part was when all the fucking true not people got their fucking just desserts. Yeah. So that was some good. movies doesn't happen. In some movies, that's okay. Like the bad guy wins and stuff, or the ghost wins. But this one, like their fucking arrogance and their disregard for anyone else like like yeah and so they all got murdered brutally and one of them got eaten by ghosts so murdered fatally yeah fatally murdered <laughs> yeah all right Vic. uh my favorite part i think was when she trapped rose because it added a lot of really fun kind of layers to this thing and i wanted there to be where she trapped her hand in the filing cabinet? Yeah, okay. when when Abra trapped Rose in her, um, like, pretend bedroom. And she even said, like, I changed some things. And, like, so she's a smart kid. Um, but I enjoyed the layers that that added to, like, these abilities and how you could kind of, like... It almost made me think of, like, magic. Like, you can counter people. Like, <laughs> so, um, and I mean Magic the Gathering for anyone who thought that I was cool enough to be talking about actual magic. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, that was my favorite part. All right. My least favorite part was probably the whole part of the storyline with the woman and her child in the beginning. Didn't like Mm. that part. Like, and the the fallout from that part. Yeah. I understand. Max? Uh, My least favorite part... Was the axe swing. <laughs> like even if I'm... A, a spindly little person could have swung it faster than that. Okay. Um, my least favorite part was just the inconsistencies and the, the fact that like the Shining seemed to have no rules. So spoiler alert, I've been kind of harping on it this entire time, but it just bothered me. Like I hate... I hate whenever, like, your magical power can do this amazing, crazy thing, but it can't do this equally and slightly less difficult thing. Equally amazing and slightly less difficult because the plot needs you not to be able to do that. Like, mm. she was able to find Rose because why? And she wasn't able to find the rest of them because why? Like, so that bothered me. Like, just the inconsistencies um, I was kind of frustrated with. Um, The scariest part for me... There really weren't any super scary parts. Yeah, Yeah, not not really. Like the ghosts that were there were friendly. Well, yeah, or Danny was locking them up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That does anybody else have a scary part? Or Max, do you have anything? Oh. Just, um, you know, the general idea of children being taken mm, is yeah. frightening. Um, yeah. To an extreme degree. So yeah. look out after your kids. And if you take kids, you're going to fucking get yours we'll one day. You, you are going to no. fucking get yours <laughs> one day. Yeah. I believe in karma. I really do. So. 
Um, oh, all right. My overall rating. Ba, 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 ba. Oh. I was letting it go in rotation the way that it was supposed to because you didn't have an answer. I just, okay, yeah, I was just, I asked and then you were like, oh, Max, I don't know, do you? And then, <laughs> like, I just assumed that you didn't. I mean, you make me sound really dumb. Like, your impression of me is fucking awful. <laughs> I'm a little bit more nasally. Um, anyway, Jesus. Um, I agree that probably the scariest part in the entire movie for me personally watching it was watching uh, poor little... Jacob. Jacob. And Violet. Well, we don't really see what happens to Violet. We, we can assume that it's something just as terrible. We don't see it. We get to see what ha- happens to Jacob, and it's awful. And his portrayal of what was happening was really good, which made it worse. So that would probably be the scariest part for me. But uh, if I were like putting myself in that position, um, I, like the scariest part, I think that being a little kid, being Danny... Not being able to tell his mom what he's seeing and not being able to deal with it would be horrifying. Like, you see these specters, these ghosts, these awful things around you, and you can't do anything, or you don't think you can do anything, and you can't talk to your mom, and you're super traumatized. Like, that would be awful. And you probably have a sense that they can hurt you, but you're not really sure, you know, you're not really sure that you can convey that to your parents. Like, that would be a terrifying thing, and probably cause, fairly quickly, if it's not dealt with, and you don't find a way to deal with it, pretty quickly would cause uh, severe mental health issues. As it clearly did. Uh, yeah, it did. Actually. Yeah. Um, That's fair. All right. Uh, my overall rating for the movie, um, I'm actually going to give it a seven. Hmm. Um, I really enjoyed basically all of the characters. Um... Like, Rose the Hat is the type of bad guy that I like in a movie for some reason. Really? Like, it's the charisma for me. Like, smarmy bad guys are my weakness. So, I don't know. Um, so, yeah. I think that I that I give it about seven. Yeah. Seven? Okay. okay. Max? Uh, overall, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Um, for, yeah, I mean, it had a lot of things that irritated me, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um, and it, it had was, a lot of things I, I personally enjoy, so. As I, I frequently, um, say about basically any movie to anybody who tends to be critical of movies is, like, for me, it boils down to whether or not it was a fun watch, and it was. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was, it was enjoyable. enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right Vic um I'm also going to give it a 7 out of 10 um I would have scored it a little higher but like I said some of the some of the inconsistencies with the power and how like how it seemed to just be like over the top and sometimes and then really like had rules at other times bothered me a lot and I know that I get bogged down by those details a bit more often um but overall I really enjoyed watching it I enjoyed the fact that it didn't feel long even though it's a two and a half hour long movie um mm. It didn't feel yeah. long. It didn't feel like any part could have been cut or should have been cut, in my opinion. Um, and I really enjoyed like them building on lore and kind of building on these characters that are older than all of us. Like, yeah. the three of us. Like, the, the movie The Shining came out in 1979 or something like that. Um, 87, I think. Okay. So, I was a, a bit off. But, um, yeah. It's, like, it is a, a classic movie that we've all probably seen multiple times and like to see this kind of built on those characters and obviously the original book as well um, was 
was enjoyable, and I, I, I did like it. So, yeah, 7 out of 10 for me. Cool. Uh, 1980, we were both wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I was closer. I if think this were the Price too, is Right, I would but... win. <laughs> um... You have to be the closest without going over. What'd you say? I said 1979, and she said 1907. Or 1987. 19... Yeah. 1987? So, well, yeah. yeah. Victor's the closest without going over. What do I win? <sighs> <laughs> they couldn't even give me a respect. Continued existence, I guess. Oh, <laughs> I already have that. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, horror rating. Kitty. Uh, just really, really quick. Um, the original um, uh, actor who played Dick Halloran, um, I didn't realize that he died so soon after the movie was made. He actually really died in 1986. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, he was only f- 49. Well, I hope he got to oh, enjoy. Nope. Some... I did my math wrong. He was born in 1910. What? What? So he was 70 when that they filmed this movie. makes more sense, because I was going to say, he didn't look like a 40-year-old guy. But he also didn't look 70. What the fuck? Nah, I suppose not. Anyway. Um, well, I hope you got to see some of what that movie did, you know, as far as, like, critical acclaim and stuff. Uh, well, I think he had a very prosperous career before that movie. Yeah. Well, that's true. Too. He was a... You know, singer and stuff. Um, stuff. Horror rating. Horror rating. I'm gonna give it a two. Like it wasn't scary. Uh, Max, horror. Rating. Yeah. Boy, I'm really trying to think. Like the scary stuff that happened happened to the bad guys. So. <laughs> um. Like getting locked in boxes in somebody's brain. Yeah, or getting your hand smashed in a filing cabinet drawer. Mm, yeah. Shower lady, I choose you. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a two, two. Two two. Um, for me, I don't know. I went back and forth on this a lot because that scene with Jacob is horrifying mm. for any parent or really anyone who has any shred of empathy. Um, but I'd say my overall horror rating for this, I'm going to give it a three just because that scene is really, really heart wrenching, but the overall movie had really nothing in it that made me feel scared other than the first few minutes of Danny dealing with the ghosts. And that was about it. Okay. (laughs) Well, um, I think that if I were to, okay, does it, so our name that we give ourselves does it have to be like Rose the Hat or can it be <laughs> like Snake by Andy? Because like I think it can be anything that fits in those two general. Yeah, it, it okay. can be. Um, yeah, like uh, either of those two things. Your name, I think, the blank or descriptive something, adjective or noun, and then your name. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think that if I had to pick a name for myself, I would say that it would be Klutzy Kitty. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Klutzy um, Kitty. Would okay. it be better as Max. Kitty the Klutz? 
I don't know. I was going to say that because it's that fits better with the way that I think the cadence of, of the structure that okay. Name, See, Kitty the Klutzy Klutz. Kitty sounds a little smarmy, like you said. <laughs> it sounds like a really bad stripper. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sounds like the name of a place. Like, welcome to the Klutzy Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, yeah. Kitty the Klutz. I was going to steal Barry the Chunk, but I decided that Klutz was better for me. <laughs> I think that that's great. Uh, yeah, I think it is All great. Right. Um, I think Max. I'm going to take uh, Jalapeno Max. <laughs> that works on so many it levels. It does. Because uh, spicy. I'm a very angry person, and on top of that, I eat a lot of jalapenos, and they give me diarrhea, so... <laughs> on this show we do. so much. It's we really so do. unnecessary. <laughs> Sorry if anybody out there has a poop <laughs> I have a frequent urgent need to defecate, so. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Vic? Um, I think I would probably be something along the lines of Vic the Uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I not only unintentionally make people uncomfortable, I am very rarely comfortable myself. <laughs> All Do you right. get the squirts too so, a lot? <laughs> Not until we started whole thirty and then it became a thing. Mine stopped, his started. So I'd like to yes, know just what was. I eat that gives me that. I, I don't know. That's why we did whole thirty because I have stomach issues. It's so. supposed to help you figure that out, but it went the opposite way for me. Yeah, it just fucking made everything confusing. <laughs> Mine, so far that I know of, is dairy. Mm. That uh, did not agree with me whenever I added it back in. So, um, well, they say real quick before you... people are not supposed to really have dairy. Well, I don't care. It's they do delicious. Okay? It is. I love drinking a glass of whole milk. Um, me, but too. you know, Bruce Lee. I bet Bruce Lee pooped like once a week. He <laughs> he didn't eat dairy. He didn't. You know. <laughs> No real bread or anything like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Just real quick. Um, Max, do you know where you would have died in this movie? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Probably, like, when they were making... I think you would have... Go ahead. Well, I've got... you go ahead. I know what I'm going to say. I was... I was just going to say, I think you would have been kidnapped. <laughs> As a 34-year-old... <laughs> Middle-aged man. I think, I think she's telling you you've got some steam in you. <laughs> you know, I grew my beard out the other day. Well, not, I mean, like it had... Just over one yeah, day. Just, just the one day. Um, and I, I went to buy cigarettes, and they're like, ID. And I'm like, I look like I'm fucking 68, okay? Like, are you serious? <laughs> you know what's funny? Anytime you are not actively shaving your beard, you are growing your beard out. Technically, it's growing out even while you're shaving it. Technically, it is. <laughs> All right. So are my so where, pubes. where do you think you... On that note, where do you think you would have died? <laughs> I thought that would get a laugh. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I think a lot of things are I funny really have now. to pee, so I'm scared to okay. <laughs> oh. Um I would have died like when they were making their plans to kill Rose. When I ran downstairs to turn the boiler on... Like, I would have turned exactly the wrong thing, and, like, that valve would have shot out and just broken my skull. So. 
All right. Well, <sighs> that brings us to a close. Vic, it is Vic's pick for it next sure week. Is. And I went back and forth on this for a while. Um, and I honestly, I kind of want to keep the Flanagan train rolling. Oh my God, what are we watching? <laughs> what? We're going to watch Hush, which is another Mike Flanagan movie. And I haven't seen it for a while, but I remember really enjoying it. So I'm interested to see if it holds up and what we think of it. Okay. Uh, well, I'm super excited because I liked that movie. But also, um, I'm going to go because I got to pee really bad. So um, <laughs> if you need to reach us, email us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. And tune in next time for us to review the movie Hush. I'm leaving in the pee mm-hmm. stuff. That's fine. I I just really <laughs> and the diarrhea okay. stuff. Thank Bye. You for <laughs> Bye. Can you pause it before you go? I can't really get to it. I'll do it whenever I get okay. back. You're clipped in. You're clipped in. Unclip your microphone. Oh, I, I have to pee so bad. <laughs> well, unclip your fucking microphone. <laughs>